0: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review. Better Call Saul, Season 4, Episode 6, Pinata. It's the Recap, Breakdown, and Review, and I'm here for another week of Better Call Saul. This week I am alone, but I'm never alone when I have with me the live motherfucking chat. Right now we got SM down, we got DJ who's going to be popping in later, Mike. All sorts of other friends will be popping in and out. And if you're listening to this later, listening to the podcast or the live stream later, please try to join us live after the episode airs. 1030-ish Eastern Standard Time, right after the episode airs. So you can join in the conversation, but you can also do that by leaving a voicemail 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 781-990-8509, 781-990-8509. Also, if you are not in voicemail range, if you have to dial a country code or some crap like that, you can send me a message on Skype at I Got Issues, Man to share your thoughts about this episode. Anytime you want, touch me, find me, throw it at me, spin it around me, put it on my head, and make me run in circles like this. Wow, what another great episode of Better Call Saul. I'm just so excited about this season, where it's going, what it's been doing. What have you been doing, season? I've been entertaining people. I'm very entertained. I'm entertained, you're entertained. What the holy hell is going on? It is great stuff. And it's fun to know what's going to happen but still be entertained by what is being set up here. Lots of fun. Lots of lead up for the end conclusion of this season and where you can see the place is finally leading. A little connective tissue from Jimmy now into into, uh, Gene at the end. All around just just a great textured layered episode of the Breaking Bad Better Call Saul universe. And it just keeps getting better. And the only thing that I'm upset about now, what it really comes down to being upset about now, is... That we have four episodes left of this. And then it, and then eventually, well, what's coming next on a- AMC? I don't know what show is coming in the, in the October month. I don't want to hear about it. I know Joe wants to hear about it. I'm also, for anyone watching the live stream, I am I fully appreciate that I look like a 70s porn icon or something like that. But I'm rocking the mustache for <laughs> Burt Reynolds, so. Let me Let me lay down like this, too, and, uh. And take it out. Hey, hey, no, I can't do that on a live stream. Hey, we got Ben. Was Mike's housing plan for the Superlab workers an early inspiration for a Rob Dyrick fa- fantasy factory? I don't know. That's that's interesting concept. I'm not familiar with that. I'll have to do my research and not talk like an idiot. I can be, yeah, sure. Sounds exactly that, but I don't know what that is. I'm, I'm moronic. But I did see a lot of cool parallels to the stuff we see right there. Is that all setting up and eventually, you know, Breaking Bad stuff? And what was that? What was Kai doing? Why? Why are you fucking with Mike Kai? There's always one shit talker. Exactly. Magnum PI, also honoring the Tom Selleck and all the 70s porn uh, people. Well, what's the magician that my cousin always says I look like? Yeah, the, uh, the, the 70s. The 70s. Uh, magician. It's going to pop into my head at some point in time. Someone's going to throw it in the live chat. Here we go. But Ben's too good. Corey Mitchell. Doug Henning. That's what it was. It's it's too bad that watching the show makes me wish Gus would have beaten Walt. (laughs) It really does. It ingrains you to to Gus a lot more. Makes you go, fucking Walt. Walt screwed everything up. What a piece of crap that Walt guy is. Who were Jimmy's henchmen? At first, I thought they were going to be but they were two completely different guys. I thought they might be someone that we know, like Cuddy and and uh, and fucking uh, Hule or something. But it wasn't. They were two people that I had no clue who they were. I didn't recognize them. Maybe some people that are better with the Breaking Bad connecting tissues. The Breaking guy, I didn't know. I didn't place Him. I didn't make him at first too. Sam Berbia Pictures and a couple of other people pointed that out more that oh, he's from Breaking Bad. So I miss out, I miss some of that stuff. I do want to go back to the last episode a little bit just for a little subtle touch that was learned. It's time for Phil sucking up to the Better Called Saul Insiders Podcast. This is my licking the balls moment. Great podcast again this week. One thing that was really interesting that they talked about in the last episode in episode five. Is the section that they filmed of the Saul Goodman later on when he was ripping up his office and shredding everything, that was actually done with the film cameras used on Breaking Bad, whereas Better Call Saul is a digitally shot show. So they actually went back and got the old film equipment and shot it like an episode of Breaking Bad. And the set used is also the same set used from the Better Call Saul or from, from Saul's real office from Breaking Bad that someone had saved all this time. So a couple of cool touches and cool additions to that last episode of of how they they wanted to make, make it feel so much like Breaking Bad. And that connects into this episode, too, when we're flashing into so many different sections of Jimmy's life and Saul's life. And there's such a different color tone to whatever it is. Sometimes it's, it's shit-browed. Sometimes it's yellow and crazy. Sometimes in this one, it's the repetition or the depression that Saul or that Jimmy was feeling in that context. Mike's plans were very much like the Mars colony or the Arctic research lab. I, I agree, and it was very smart stuff. And watching Gus have a have a criminal hard-on on Mike a couple times there was very fun to watch. And seeing that moment, it's, it's something that when I'm watching Breaking Bad, I never thought, oh, you know what I really care about? I care about seeing how Mike... Uh, got loyal with Gus. Yeah, that, That's what I'm really missing from this storyline. But no, they give it to me and they're giving it to me good. They, they have me bent over the TV couch and they're giving me the TV goodness till I can't, till I, all I can do is scream more. And, <laughs> who, but I'm not sure who uh, his henchmen were, Chip Chipper said, is it weird watching the show knowing that everyone's life will be fucking wrecked by Hurricane Walt? At times, I do think about that, especially with Mike, where we get into Mike is setting himself up and trying to protect himself, only dealing with people that he can really work with in the sense of Gus and someone he can sense that is as careful as him. But then, of course, we see Gus's weaknesses in this episode, too, that he's so focused on the revenge on Hector that he should just fucking let him die, just kill—I'm sorry— I hate a lot of people. Do I hate? I hate a lot of things. I have a lot of problems. I want, I wouldn't mind some of my enemies succumbing to my power, okay? Succumbing to my power? Succumbing to my power! Instead of a podcaster you'd with the one ring, you'd have a... Something and I'd be strong. Oh my goodness! What the fuck am I talking about? I just rewatched the uh, the Fellowship of the Rings recently. So it's when the uh, the 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 witch takes the ring and I'm going to be powerful. <laughs> but no, if I have a chance to defeat my enemy, if my enemy's down on the ground, ready to go, ready to be finished, I'm going to finish finish her. I'm going to finish her. Him, her, it, whatever. Captain Stash is getting at it. Yes, I am. I'm Doug Henning, the Captain Stash, Burt Reynolds, Magnum P.I., whatever, creepy guy in the corner. It does automatically make me seem like everywhere I should go, this should be my theme music. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Phil the Issues Guy show. It's time to come on, sit on Uncle Phil's Ketchup Couch, and we're going to tell you about Jimmy McGill and all of his action. We get the return of Chuck McGill looking slick. Looking like Squiggy or Lenny. He's Lenny, right? I always forget if he's Lenny or Squiggy. Looking like David St. Hubbard's. But sexier. Mmm, yeah. Welcome to the Porn Stash Show. We're gonna rock the mic tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, baby, why are you talking about shit? We're talking about this and we're talking about that. Oh, baby, he's got a little fat. Listen, I really loved. You know what I loved in this episode? I'm trying to make it work. In this Porn Stash little thing, I'm talking like a dork. But it does really work like this. I love Howard. He was really awesome in this episode when Jimmy laid the shit on him. He's like, Wait the fuck up. What the fuck? Okay, what the fuck? What the fuck? I gotta stop that. But I really liked Howard in this episode. And I liked that scene between him and Jimmy. And Jimmy kind of being like, Tough it up, kid. The Giving him the godfather, uh, Johnny Fontaine thing. You gotta be a man. Stop being a man. You gotta be a man. Kneel before Zod, but sexier. Let's go. One henchman installs body. Oh, so it is. So it was him. I wasn't sure if it was him. It, so it was Hule. Okay, I, I didn't get a good look at him in the quick moment that we got him because I'm like looking up and down taking notes. So I wasn't sure if it was Hule. I would have liked it to be Hule and Cuddy. I mean, obviously the other guy looked a lot bigger than Cuddy. One of Jimmy's henchmen was Hule. Okay, so a couple of people, ref, couple of people verifying here that it was Hule. Thank you, Bernie the Burnt and Jeffrey Townsend. Corey Sell, here's kind of hoping that the final episode, Jimmy finds a time machine goes back in time and kills Walter White. I'm sure he could. I'm sure if, if he could biff tan in this shit and find the DeLorean and go back and say, listen, listen, ha- hello, hello. You got to make like a tree and kill the fucking chemistry teacher. Motherfucker. Howard. The- oh, I saw Howard, Corey. And for some reason, my brain immediately went to Howard the Duck. I don't know. Why can't Howard hold it together? He was on his own for a long time. I think it's because ultimately he blames himself for being the impetus of of Chuck's death. So it's more of a I caused my friend's death than necessarily being on his own. On my own, is anything beside me? Okay. But, anyways, I think it's more than him being on his own. It has to do with him being feeling responsible. And I think Jimmy added flame to that fire when he needed Jimmy to kind of need it. I mean, you need to figure things out for yourself. But in that moment, Jimmy didn't help the matters and kind of pushed him down, propelling down that hill. So Corey Mitchell says I figure that they'll do a flashback to Walter and the machine gun in the trunk, phase out to Howard walking his dog and get shot in the head with a stray bullet. Damn it, Walter! You fuck up every and do it, and then Mike's voice comes. In, Damn it, Walter! You fuck up everything. <laughs> so, and of course, the biggest element of this episode is the continuing adventures of Kim, who I freaking love this season. As I've mentioned before, I wasn't completely always feeling Kim throughout the seasons, but in this season, I really think sh- in season four, I think she has. She has so much more direction. You can see where her character's going, and you can I can understand almost every beat. And if I don't understand something, it's conveniently explained in the next episode or or expanded upon, which is really important. And the actress is doing an exceptional job in that role. I love how, in a sense, when Jimmy says he's not going to go to therapy and isn't going to make that, and he makes a choice for himself, Kim, in that moment, even though she probably already was almost there in her head about Forget this McGill and Wexler thing, seeing how excited Jimmy was about, about that and the fact that he wouldn't go that extra step to try to be better. She doesn't want to partner with him, and she'll go to extra lengths not to do that. And she eventually goes to that point of what is best for me, and she gets to that point of what's best for her, and it's best for her to get with this company and get into this situation that looks to be perfect with the dudes from is it season one or season two when they show up. One day more. What's up, fam? What's up the Bloody Talker? How are you doing? I got up at 2 a.m. to watch The Outlaw King. I have not watched The Outlaw King. I went to go watch it at the uh, the next day. I have not added on my list, but I will watch it of uh, very soon, Bloody Talker. I'm excited I'm excited to watch it. I I've-, I've added it before I saw the trailer for it and it does look pretty cool. Mm-mm-mm. Corey says, "Phase out Kim in the last episodes, 20 years in the future." Walters <laughs> Corey is on a mission to assassinate Walter White. He is trying to figure out time travel. He has to introduce Doc Brown into this timeline, into this Better Call Saul timeline, and stop stop the chemistry teacher before it's too late. Uh, just kidding. I didn't get up, but I did look for it. It doesn't get released until November. Okay, so Bernie, it wasn't just me. I added it on the list and it said it will be added to my thingy when it's on and so it was not out the ne- next day. Okay, so bloody talker, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm always feeling like I'm doing something wrong. I'm, I want to apologize to the blood. Ple- I'm sorry, man. I I tried to watch it. I added it unless I couldn't find it. Uh, my dog ate my homework, man. And I couldn't watch the show. I'm so, oh, oh, I can talk a Goofy. Uh, is it distractible? I'll sing again oh. on my own. No, no, come on, come on. <laughs> Fucking November. <laughs> November the Zamba. So, I don't know, just another, it's, I can only say so much praise upon this show. I can dig into it a little bit and we're going to dig into this and listen to all these scenes and break it down, but I'm feeling this season, I think this, every, every progressing season of the show gets better and there's not, in some episodes I'm higher on than others, but it's not because episodes are better or worse, it's just certain things that are happening in certain episodes. Uh, episodes tickle my television tushy in the right way and other times it does too but it's just connect you know when you're in the right place the right time and it all connecting holy shit the bloody talker five dollar super chat donation you were the man bloody talker i'm gonna get up and dance uh scoobity doobity doobie jig a scoobity doobie jig i don't know what that is but i'll do it right now anyways and spin the wheel Spin the wheel, you want it. You got it. You are fucking awesome for the Super Chat donation. Grab your sword and shield. It's a stolen horse reel. It's crown day on a three-day course. Do you know what's ridiculous? I did all that goofiness, all that dance, the, the awkward movements to stay in frame there. You know, I was trying to stay in frame. And it landed on spin again. It landed on fucking spin again. Spin it again. But thank you so much, Bloody Talker. The bloody talker hyped that shit up and nothing. Yeah, he's like, it comes out tomorrow. Uh, Corey Mitchell, is it bad that every time I see Gene, I should be depressed, but I'm like, damn, I really want to sit upon. Bloody talker's like, I got burned too. The film festival got me uh, got me hyped early. It's landing on Joe Drink. Joe's not here, so I will drink. This is a drink to the Bloody Talker. Thank you so much for your Super Chat donation. You guys don't realize how much that matters to us being able to keep doing this. So thank you for the Super Chat. Thank you for the patron- donations to all of the patrons. You guys are fucking amazing. Mm-mm-mm. Let me sip some liquid as it drips all over me. And tonight, if anyone cares about such things on the Better Call Saul breakdown podcast or whatever the fuck this is i'm drinking the game of thrones hand of the queen beer barley very alcoholic bullshit hey dog bless you my friend i'm i'm more like porn jesus tonight i know chris chris pine i there's nothing wrong with that okay so let's get into this uh, we get Mike and Gus having some gu- having some love. Jimmy getting revenge. Kim focusing on herself. I like Jimmy getting the revenge and hanging them up like pinatas. I like that ultimately the literal title of this episode, "Pinata," had a great conclusion. The finish of this seeing, seeing Jimmy, seeing Saul show up to save Jimmy. And we're not sending this up. He's not multiple personality. He doesn't have mu- different sides. And this one's this one. This one is this one. This one's this, one, this, one this one. Different elements. I just mean seeing him use that gear and come back and. He's not okay. He's okay with being robbed and losing the money. He's not okay with losing the street cred. So he needs to go out there and make a point. And he gives them a chance. And fuck those kids. I'm so glad it went in that direction because that was hilarious. So uh, let's not waste any more time. It's, It's that time of the show. Recap! Okay, it's time for the recap. Let's get into this shit. (laughs) Dude, Bloody Talker, stay safe. The Bloody Talker is trying to, or he's not trying, he's trying to drown in a massive hurricane. Stay the fuck safe, Bloody Talker. Corey it feels like 20 years since I've seen Game of Thrones. Now, it really does. I'm not going to get into all that Game of Thrones stuff right now, but yes, it does feel, I feel so disconnected from the show itself, and we're still so many months away. But it's coming. It's fucking coming. I'm back in the wild, wild west and the storm isn't even there. (laughs) What's up with all the fish tanks in this show? Good point. And it's not, it's, as Joe often says about this show, it's nothing is not on purpose. So it could mean that there's a lot of fish tanks on the show. And I might be reaching here, but it could mean so many fish tanks. Saul is trapped in this tank of this world trying to get out to get to the truest form of where he's his best self. I hate that fucking expression, but where where Jimmy's his best self is being Saul Goodman and being in this world trying to maintain, to stay with Kim, to have relationships in a real be it to be all those things he wants to be is him being trapped in a tank. So the whole world of Better Call Saul is that is him being trapped in that tank. <laughs> Yeah, uh, survey says. What do what do we say? Is that a is that a dick on or is that a uh, boo? What do we got?
1: Dick on, dick I think on, I dick oned it.
0: I think I dick oned it. <laughs> the fish. Corey Mitchell says the fish tanks are a metaphor that Walt's gonna drown everybody. It's like puppies. Is the governor gonna make a cameo? He's it gonna float? Okay, so we open up this episode with the mail cart with Charlie Hustle Jimmy. Hey everybody, it's Charlie Hustle Jimmy. He's out on the court, he's making bets. He's getting more hits than everybody. He's Charlie Hustle. Are there fish in one at uh are there fish in the one at Kim and Jimmy's apartment? I think there is. I'd have to go back and look look at that. I wish I was more observant to things like that, but I'm pretty sure there are. Mm-mm-mm soon Bernie soon dude I'm like sitting on top of the mountain and Jimmy is like a metaphoric expression of uniformity within the cankle of his suppressed indignant form inside of its fish tank dude whoa totally (laughs) there is a fish tank at Kim's house Okay, so we open up on the mail cart. Charlie Hustle is working the mail room, and he's running gambling rings with Kim, who is a third-year law student at this point in time, I think. And we start in on our episode, and we immediately see that Kim and Jimmy have uh, a dynamic that we see them have now right at the present time, right from the beginning of where they met. Jimmy, you can see him looking and already starting to idolize Kim As someone he looks up to in being stuck as that fish being stuck in the tank here. Hey, I'm going with it. I'm fucking going with it. So, let's listen to this stuff. Are you sure about these? The pool's up to 200. I've made my choices.
2: Confidence, an admirable trait.
1: Clara! Hey, Jimmy.
2: What do
0: you got for me?
1: I'm stuck on documentary short subject.
0: Hmm, Yeah, just go with your gut. And I love how the gambling uh, pool is an Oscar gambling pool. Howard's end all the way down,
2: huh?
3: I just love Emma Thompson. <laughs> Who, doesn't? Who does Who doesn't? She's so pragmatic.
0: Huh? Huh? Fingers crossed. <laughs> so I found this episode one of the more also very funny. I found this episode, comp- not that Better Call Saul isn't, Usually, but I think I think as time goes on, you're getting closer to the and bridging that gap. You can play even more with with Bob Odenkirk's sense of humor. So Kim shows up and and they end up seeing the the elephant in the room. I don't, uh, Chuck is there, and Kim gives him a little history about this situation that Chuck just handled. And it's kind of cool to see Chuck in his prime before shit starts falling apart for him. Seeing him right in the prime of undermining Jimmy at every step of the way. Anything Jimmy says, nope, nope, nope. Don't you love people like that? Is anything you say, they always always disagree with you or always can like cut you off there. And, and that's Chuck. Chuck is always undermining. We all have that older brother, older sibling, or whatever. Or not, I mean, I don't, but uh, <laughs> older cousin or older family member, whatever, that that at a certain stage in your life can do that to you. And uh, just because they're at a a higher point of of whatever. And Chuck personifies that to a instead of that being a phase as it is for some people and they grow out of it, for Chuck it's a life choice. You know, you know most people have an older brother or older sister that kind of does that to you. You're in high school out with them at the same time. They make you feel like shit, all that all that kind of crap. Chuck, it's a life choice. He, he's gonna do this for life. He's he's, 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 I'm good at this. I'm not gonna stop making Jimmy feel like shit because it makes, because it makes me feel good. It
1: makes me feel good. Sort through his financials, you know, it's looking to track to down those. his assets. Lo and behold, they find some old shares in this company he invested in like 20 years back. Family so tracks down the CFO, looking to cash out, but he tells them, hmm, that corporation's been dissolved. Isaacson shares are worthless. Right? But Chuck does some digging, and it turns out they formed a new corporation that's virtually identical to the old corp Isaacson invested in. It's the same officers, same structure, everything. Uh, right? So Chuck finds
0: Exemption 4 in Lenae versus Cincinnati. And this is more so proof coming up here. Jimmy's just not in the right place at the right time. I love how he de- all of this just keeps going over his head. And you can see it in the scene, too, the way Odenkirk plays it with just this dumbass expression. And it's the expression I always have on my face every day, though. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Not along like people, like, so people could think you're going to understand, but, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When it's just over your head. And uh, Jimmy's like, could you just sum this up to a to a bullet point for me? Because <laughs> that's about my speed. <laughs> I just want a bullet point. Come on. Come on. Do it. Do it for me. Get, touch me here. Come on.
2: Okay. Is- okay. Yeah, listen. I appreciate the effort, but can you just
4: big picture it for me?
0: And yes, Bernie, it is a terrible personality trait i mean some people chuck isn't the only person in the world that makes that a a life choice some people are just like that and some people have to fight against it and i don't mind people that sometimes do that but are aware of it and they lose track of it sometimes or whatever if they're drunk if they're in a bad situation but chuck makes it a point to to flex. I'm better, I'm smarter, and especially with Jimmy, you could see with Kim, Kim's making points and he's agreeing with her being, "Oh, oh, nice." All doting towards her to a certain extent because she he deems her on his level. Whereas Jimmy, he looks at Jimmy as a utter disappointment of a human being and that for ultimately no Foundation. I mean, there is the foundation of some of the shit that happened when they were kids, and because the mother loved Jimmy more, uh, or whatever. I, I'm not. I don't want to rationalize Chuck's point. We can go back to last season's recaps to do that. Uh, we got way into Chuck, but ultimately, Chuck it just has a horrible personality quirk, and I don't think. And I think he's just that kind of person, a corrector and a a control freak of of I make you feel like shit for being below me to his brother because he his brother's never going to be him it's it's uh it's it's really fucked up and it's something that i think a lot of people can relate to that have older siblings that that always want to get one up on them or uh or just even friends or older friend like someone that's i brought you into this game i'm gonna fucking i can take you out of this game motherfuckers let's go in the live chat inconceivable uh terrible personality oh no jimmy (laughs) who who led who led jimmy out of the basement so then, let's let's watch listen a little bit more of this. Shit. Chuck won a case that Howard thought
1: was unwinnable using only the power of obscure.
0: Exactly. There, I always think of a wonderful line from The Big Lebowski. With that, Bernie said, "It's one thing to be intelligent, but it's another thing to be belligerent." Uh, it, am I right? 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 I'm right. I'm right. Walter, you're right. <laughs> you're right, but you're still an asshole. I forget the, the exact line is. It's. Walter, you might be right, but you're an asshole. You could be an asshole and right. Those things aren't mutually exclusive. Just because you're right doesn't make you a prick face. doesn't make you not a prick face. In fact, you could be more so a prick face when you're right. So Chuck comes over, and we get to see, we get to hear some wonderful Chuckisms. Let's listen to Chuck. Jimmy. Chuck. Big day, huh? <laughs> thanks. Uh, Kim Wexler. Of course. You're one of our law
1: students? Yes, I'm in my third year at UNM, oh. thanks to HHM. How's it going? Very well. Thank you. <laughs> And congratulations again on Isaacson. Well. <laughs> I'm sure that you considered it. I just wanted to ask, Vicarian Holdings Inc. would have been liable under the continuing enterprise exception as well, right?
0: That's right. Yeah, we looked into that. Ooh, that's
1: right. Hey, now. What was the case law on that? Uh, Garcia versus Co-Manufacturing. Mm-hmm.
2: Sounds like it was Isaacson v. Chuck handing him his butt on a platter, huh? Well, yeah, but Isaacson is our client.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, Jimmy, you're an idiot. Ha ha. That line, little here, and it's not what he said, it's how he said it. It's just so dismissive, so condescending, so rude, so undermining in the moment in just this subtle, contextual way that those kind of passive fuck yous, say fuck you to my face, okay? Don't give me that shit. You think you're more intelligent than me? I'm not the most intelligent cat in the world. I don't give a fuck. Don't act like that. Okay, and that's classic Chuck. It's just eventually he breaks down because he loses all sensibility at the end and he just needs to break down and yell at Jimmy because Jimmy just keeps going, what, 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 what? And Chuck becomes so isolated. He can't keep those things inside anymore. But here it's just you knowing everything we know about Chuck right here. He just doesn't have the and it's not even hard. I just don't think he has the balls to say what he really means here to to have other people think he's a bad brother, so he just kind of plays the bullshit game and undermines Jimmy on this base level with every word comes out of his fucking mouth. Phil, what's up with the porn stash? Well, as, as some people know, I, I uh, Burt Reynolds died this week, so I figured the best way to, to honor Burt would be to wear a mustache for a week. Uh, so, uh, so I decided to rock the porn stash and I'm going to be laying like this a lot, <laughs> wearing my cowboy hat and laying across the stage. But no, it's a uh, Burt Reynolds thing. Yeah, that, that that's, I'm really doing that. So, it's, or it's an excuse to wear porn stash for a week. But Jimmy is clueless about the law at this point. This must be the day he decided uh, to become a lawyer. Probably around this point in time is at, at the point where he started to decide that if I'm going to get the same respect that Kim gets, if I'm going to get a girl like Kim, I'm going to need to be a lawyer. I can't do this in the mailroom. Will we see what leads to Chuck's allergy? Hmm. Excuse me. I definitely think it's we can be more hopeful about that, Jeffrey, now that we've seen Michael McKeon back on the show, I hope maybe we might get some of that next season. I do expect, excuse me. I do expect we're going to see at least one more Chuck flashback before the series ends, if not a few more, but at least one more. And I think more progression down that road would be really cool to see, and I know they're all they look for any natural organic way to bring Michael McKeon back into the story. Don't shave until you hear from me after the storm. Your porn stash will protect me from the storm. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this porn stash will be protecting. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> On that note, I will totally. For you, bloody talker. I will keep this porn stash. Hey, Paul Q. Bernie says, "Rest in peace." Cannibal Run was. Uh, Cannibal Run was life changing. So many great Burt Reynolds movies. Uh, a lot, get a lot of attention. Cannonball Run, obviously amazing. Uh, spoken the Bandit. Uh, so, I mean, I could just list Burt Reynolds, Bert Reynolds movies. One of my favorite of his, though, and very influential on me growing up wanting to be, do something on television It's or work at a TV station or radio station, which I did get to have some fun doing at certain points in time. I don't know what the name of the movie is. I'm gonna blank on it, but it's one of my favorite movies. It's with him and Kathleen Turner, and also Christopher Reeves is in it. And it's all about—it's it's a classic love story kind of movie. But he plays such a prick face, awesome character. It's like broadcast journalism or something. It's, I forget the name of it. Someone, someone will probably can tell me in the comment section at some point. But great, great, great fucking movie, dude. Great fucking movie. Eh. And. <laughs> But so so many good ones. Hey, Laura D, great to see you. Thanks for popping on in here. And the porn stash is real. So let's listen to a little bit more of Mr. Chuck McGill.
2: Oh, really? Okay. Well, the other guy's butts then. Yep, yeah,
0: served on platters. That's right. Thanks, Jimmy.
5: Well, fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Oh, the conquering hero. <laughs> Thanks, Howard. I hate to interrupt, but there's a Mr. Bushmills waiting in my office. Mm. <laughs> Kim, Jimmy.
0: So, okay, so then, uh, oh, blah, 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 blah. So back in on, we cut to a great visual as he wheels past the elevators and the music and shows he's feeling dumb here, lost and jealous. And I think what, who who was saying uh, that this was, could be the point where Jimmy starts to want to be a lawyer? Uh, Bernie. Bernie was saying that. So, yeah, and I think that's what this visual means here as we get to the point where, He walks past the elevators and he has that moment of, whoa, what's going on there? And I think it's him feeling that he's going to never get the respect here in the mailroom. He'll be the cool guy, the cool Charlie Hustle dude. But this is where he needs to start maybe trying to be a lawyer to get the respect he wants to get. Lindsay C. Great to see Lindsay C. In the live chat. Switching channels was the movie. Thank you, Jeffrey. Uh, Christopher Reeves plays somebody uh, that's afraid of heights, and he he sets him up in a bunch of situations to fuck with him, uh, being afraid of heights. He sells all this ex- exercise equipment and stuff. Anyways, it's a it's a fun movie. It was at the height of my Kathleen Turner crush phase. I remember that movie came out as well. Uh, so uh, one of my favorite underrated Burt Reynolds movies. I think he one of his uh, one of his best performances just from a, a comedic standpoint. I think he plays very much himself in that role. But anyways, yeah, so if anyone's wondering about the porn stash one more time, I'm rocking it for uh for for uh, for Bert Reynolds this week. So uh, okay, so we go back in on Kim and she's working hard to get back to where she is. And she's through this whole scene. I love the, I love the stories being told without words. And being able to just watch the scene, watch the facial expressions, watch how Kim deals with the situation, understanding everything we need to understand. I was so light on notes because the scenes do so such an excellent job just the way it's set up with no music at times when there needs to be music. But just more the facial expressions and the editing and the cutting of the scenes to dictate emotions. Kim is feeling Holy fuck, I don't want to do this. I mean, it's obvious. I don't even have to say it because it's obvious. I don't want to do this bank shit. It's too much. I want someone else to do this work for me, (laughs) collect a paycheck, and I want to work on these pro bono cases because that's what's my true passion because I don't want to disappoint Judge Neelix. And I get it. Judge Neelix can be a difficult taskmaster. You don't want to mess with him. But no, it's what she's feeling right now and i think everything is done exceptionally well and then it leads into the moment where she picks up the legal pad and starts seeing all the all the obsessive name choices that jimmy's trying to bat around with their two last names for their law office and then all the the sign designs which which is cute and all but she's like okay i need to reassess and in her mind she's trying to think is there a way I can do this? I got to check in on Jimmy. Is he going to therapy? Because I can't deal with that guy that I saw dealing with the Chuck situation and how he's dealing with his brother's death. I don't like this vibe around Jimmy and the way Odin Kirk is playing Jimmy this season. He's very, you know, if I was doing the whole podcast like this guy's, yeah, and I'm doing and I'm really happy, yeah. You don't don't look whoops behind the DS DS nine thing. Don't don't look behind Wharf. You. Like, please ignore the Klingon the whole episode. And I think Jimmy's kind of doing that. He's basically everyone ignore the Klingon. And even when he yells at Howard, he's not yelling at Howard because he really gives a shit about Hamlin, Hamlin, McGill. I mean, maybe at some level because of his brother's legacy. But no, he doesn't give two flying fucks about that. He just doesn't want emotions in front of him. It's, it's He doesn't have any patience for that shit. Laura says, by the way, I really liked your dog walking stream the other day. I'm going to try to do at least one of those a week. And I'm going to be uh, starting this week a a friend of Stephanie's dog. I'm going to be taking care of as well, and going on some walks. So maybe I'll go on some walks, uh, stream some walks with uh, Jaxie as well. Not going to lie, it was nice seeing Chuck again. Unbelievably, so I can bash Chuck till till cows start eating spaghetti. I know it's till the cows come home, but I'm I'm hungry. I want some spaghetti. I could bash Chuck until cows start eating spaghetti. But Michael McKeon is an exceptional actor, and Chuck is a well-defined, amazing character. And this show, Chuck might be hit hit or miss in these last two seasons with being on the show for one or two times, probably in these final two seasons. And I know no announcement about five being the last one, but five's going to be the last season. But Michael McKeon is a big part of why this show made it so far. The first 3 seasons of this show are on Michael McKeon's back and all. I mean, everyone's back, but he was so exceptional. Him and him and Kirk's chemistry was perfect. They cast the absolute right person in that role at the right time. Yeah, when Kim speaks, he can't concentrate. He's all twitchy. Exactly, Bernie. That's exactly what I'm talking about. He's very he's uncomfortable. He, uh, my Boston accent came out there. Dude, he, he's uncomfortable, dude. He's fucking, uh, he's uncomfortable. He's very awkward and jumpy. I mean, I get jumpy sometime on the podcast, but that's because I'm always nervous and I think I did something wrong. I'm thinking about, oh, God, I got to let the dog out oh, all the time. Oh, I got to spin the wheel. I got to spin the wheel. I got to get another super chat donation. I got to jump up and down and spin. Holy shit. What's up? Do I think Jimmy was a lawyer just to spite Chuck? I don't think at that point in time, Paul Q. I think it was a little bit different in the sense. I think at, at, at that point, Jimmy was still in, the, still in the, a different phase of the manipulation with Chuck or the relationship with Chuck. He wanted to please him. I think he wanted to please him. He wanted to be accepted by people like him. And he knew the best way to do that is to play that game. And he watched Chuck enough so he can – Jimmy seems to have a talent at watching the way people do things and copying it and being a good actor and pulling on characters. And seeing Chuck and seeing what a good lawyer should be, then he becomes the chimp with a machine gun. I can see him uh, in an apron, Corey. Uh, do you, even though Chuck is a prick, I bet he can make a pretty bit, pretty mean spaghetti sauce. And I can definitely see him in an apron as well. And I would definitely eat some uh, Chuck spaghetti and sit down and play the guitar for me. Quirk, uh, quirky Chuck walking out wrapped in a space blanket is great television. So, such great television, Lindsay. So, so iconic to Better Call Saul and helped create that dynamic of giving the show its individuality and allowing it to do what it's doing in this season, which is merging that Breaking Bad-Better Call Saul line and taking these two shows and having this season, and I assume next season's even going to be more melting into that direction because it seems to be this gradual process that is that, at, when it's all said and done, is going to be so fun to think about and watch as the show starts out very Better Call Saul. And then it slowly but surely starts to get to that point with Chuck and it's it reaches this peak in season three. Where in this season, it's still this show. It's still the show it was before. But it's also that other universe with bringing Gus in last season. Now that whole universe is at what Corey Mitchell is talking about. You just hear that shark. The dun 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 dun. Do Water White. water wide, water wide. dun 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 dun. And you're thinking. Because usually in prequels, you think about this shit, right? And you think, oh, all of this happened and I don't care because I know where this goes. But what's interesting about this is there's a very much a Domino's fascination kind of feeling and not the pizza. I know uh, Stephanie probably heard me. She's like, Domino's? What are we talking about? Domino's? You want to order it? No. There's a Domino's kind of situation here where they've created an interesting dynamic that because we know the outcome and again – it makes me think of Star Wars, because I think Star Wars was in a similar position and, and they but bo- and they bobbled it with the prequels. Where where Better Call Saul is killing it, and I know it's a television show and it's a different kind of thing completely, but you're in a situation where you know eventually someone just topples down a whole thing and destroys a whole thing. So you're having we're having fun now watching Mike and Gus carefully put these pieces together. I'm having this sick, awesome voyeuristic kind of feeling watching that, knowing what ultimately comes of it. It actually is helping the scene be better instead of detracting from it, which usually happens in prequels. And I don't know if that's me drinking the Kool-Aid, me being brainwashed by all this because this show and this... This creative team are my binkies, so I'm making shit up. I'm like, oh, it's, it makes me feel good where some person could look at that and go, I don't care or, care, because I know this doesn't matter. Or, But I find this exceptionally interesting and exceptionally awesome to watch them take all this care and concern knowing where this eventually ends where the, the Godzilla Walt monster knocks all this shit down. I love it. Yep, Jimmy wanted to impress Chuck. McGill, bow, get hype. I think Chuck was probably annoyed by Jimmy their whole lives and when Jimmy wanted to impress him. Uh, I hate I hate that special effect. Uh, so we go back in on... bump bump Where the fuck are we? Okay, so yeah, Kim and all that. And then we cut to the juicer and Jimmy is making some juice. He's like, give me the juice. I want to make some juice. And I, I love how, whether it's a shredder or a juicer, we're seeing some great great moments like this and then they talk a little bit more where she's giving him ultimately one last shot i believe at this is your last chance are you gonna go to therapy are you gonna try to get better or are you gonna be this weird weird twitchy person every time i try to talk to you
1: I was up late justifying a giant horse statue to the park city zoning commission how big we talking I'm definitely overcompensating for some of their shortcoming, Big. (sighs) Your hour's pretty much set now? Yeah. Weekdays, 9 to 4, on the
2: busy time. Oh, yeah? It's dead, Kim. It's deader than disco.
1: Hmm, sorry. Does that mean you were able to schedule an appointment with the therapist?
2: I decided not to go.
0: Oh. Um and the look on her face okay. is just fuck you. She's like okay, but no, it's not an okay.
1: I thought you already decided to go. I know
0: what I, I did, but then
2: I, time went by and I kind of calmed down and realized it's just it's just not for me. Why not? It's just not.
0: I don't think that navel gazing is going to get me. Worse. <laughs> I wanted to stop at that because I because I wrote that down with a question mark. navel gazing. Need to be. Yeah, but how do you know? Unless I try, it, it just doesn't feel right. I need to be moving forward. You know. Yup, oranges are all over the Godfather, even into that shitty third movie where he gets oranges symbolized the death uh, when Vito or or violence when Vito's going out to get the oranges and he tosses them up in the air uh Michael many times the oranges uh very very good stuff Jeffrey. Uh, not everyone is uh, but um I'm a huge uh, huge Godfather fan and now I got this job ch- I'm due for a long review of those I've never I I've not got into that on this channel and this podcast and uh I am due for a Godfather series review and by series I mean the two movies uh w- wait Phil if you do a Godfather series review, you're going to have to watch the third one again. I know. You're going to have to watch Sofia Coppola's acting. Please, no. No, you are. My voice cracks every time I think about it. Yes, it does. Sorry. And I'm kind of on a path. And- Fandom D-Saint. Hey, baby. We got broke black man 94 in the live chat with his name change. He can't stay, but he wanted to stop and leave a like. You were fucking amazing. sJ Jay says, thank you, Jay. I've, I've never wanted to reply to a comment you posted better. Yep, you're right. The third one doesn't exist. I choose your Jedi mind trick is working on me. The third one never existed. Uh, it never happened. So, um, give this a try. <laughs> no, he's right. He's right. He's right. I can't say that. Give this man, give this man an award. He wins, he wins, he wins uh, bo- some boat sacks. I don't know. Let's face the facts about Johnny. Congratulations, Jay. You win the award for most right person on the episode tonight. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, by the way, plug my Drum Minute channel. Uh, Can you throw the link to that Drum Minute channel in the live chat? Uh, If anyone checked out the channel this week, I did a two random streams one was a dog walking daily issues thing that i'm going to be doing more on this channel because it kind of fits into the filthy issues guy ridiculousity. the other was the daily drum minute and i started my own channel for daily drum minutes and i'm going to uh yeah i'm going to be doing doing semi-daily even though it's called daily but uh so please subscribe to that channel Broke's gonna throw that into the comment section in a minute Subscribe to that channel if you're into that kind of silliness for drum solos, quick little drum solos throughout the day. Thank you. Thank you, Broke. You, you, you happy? Search uh, Daily Drum Minute on YouTube. You'll find it If you're if you're not watching live. Daily Drum Minute. And I'll try to put that in the comment section after the show is over. Okay. You, you happy, Broke? You happy I plugged it? motherfucker so let's get back to the navel gazing okay
1: sure yeah of course Jimmy yeah listen I know you wanted me to go you have to do what's best for
0: you oof I should go open thank you broke Um.
1: sushi tonight
0: uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. And she's just left there dealing with the repercussions and understanding that, okay, if this is the game that we're playing, if we're just in this relationship for ourselves individually, not as a team, and we're not trying to work it, I'm just going to do my own thing here and do what's best for Kim. <laughs> and she didn't, she didn't speak about herself in the third person like that, but I'm going to do it for her. Kim needs to do what's best for Kim in this situation, and she does. So go off to the law offices of Stuart, Co- Stuart Copley Stewart Copley. Stuart Copeland? Is that is that what is that his name is, that, is, that, is that... Why is Broken Witness Protection Program I've been along for so long? Oh uh oh. Okay, 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 okay. Jason yeah. Voorhees yeah. Shh, <laughs> is back in here.
4: What
0: what you think? what 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 Speaking of hype, this Wednesday morning, Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> not sure exactly what time, either early morning or noon on Wednesday. Joe Dirty Locks and I will be doing a What Did Joe Think About This episode? and also get Joe's thoughts on a few other sh- things. It'll just be a, it's not even spe- a specific topic, just a random What Did Joe Think. So we'll be talking about a lot of different topics. Is Kim alive around in the Breaking Bad timeline? We don't know yet, Jay. There is some speculation, or not speculation, I've heard it said a couple of times, that maybe Kim was in that package that he takes out of the wall. Maybe Kim's de- dead, that's her remains. I don't know. Maybe Kim is where Gene is at the end, is in Wisconsin, is that where it is? Or in Nebraska? It's Nebraska, right? Uh Maybe she's out there. I tend to think that Kim is alive in the timeline. She just leaves Jimmy by the end of this season. I don't think Kim dies. I would be surprised if Kim dies unless somehow one of his criminal situations leads to that, but I don't think it's going to be that. I think she's gonna leave him uh, leave him for some reason, something he's gonna go too far in a different direction. And uh, let's continue on here as we go to the law offices of Stuart Copeland. <laughs> Dark episode that I know. Dark Omaha. Thank you, Joseph. I'm so glad I say your name right and don't just say J or Joss. <laughs> Thank you for spelling it out like I'm a like I'm a Phil. The issues ca- like I'm an idiot. <laughs> Joseph, eventually just had to be like, dude, this is how you spell my name. This is how you say my name. It's not too difficult. You're out thinking yourself there, Charlie Hustle. Well, we know their relationship doesn't work, so who cares if they work or not? Because sometimes it's not about the outcome, it's about the journey. And I think in this case, I do care because I care about Kim as a character. They've built her up enough to me that I care about her storyline. And we don't know for sure. Who knows anything Saul says? Saul could have been married to her as far as we know and left her at the moment that he leaves, when he leaves Jean. He could have been with her that whole time. We never see Saul at home. I mean, I doubt that that's the case, but it's possible anything, anything's possible with imagination
1: thanks for seeing me on such short notice Oh, are you kidding,
0: I've been wanting to thank you in person
1: ever since you sent Billy Gatwood our way so shall we so how long you got with that thing three more weeks, Hmm? can I sign it do people still do that (laughs) please have a seat have a seat I won't lie, losing Billy Gatwood definitely hurt well if it makes you feel any better I think he misses you
0: as long as he's taken care of, I'm happy.
1: Well, you made it easy for us. We just continued
5: what you started.
0: So, um... and I agree with what Jason was saying. And Jay says, "In fair, that's that's uh, for J- for Jay. It's more about the outcome." Uh, another Jay, Jason says, "Dark episode, and I know dark. It was because it's ultimately about Jimmy's inevitable." conclusion or Mike and Gus's inevitable conclusion on both sides and foreshadowing that. And to speak of, to Jay's point about the conclusion of saying, I think that's, that's the thing that I'm feeling in this season with this show that maybe some people might not, some people will get a uh, very degrees uh, varying degrees of rewarding aspect of it. I'm getting very rewarded by the fact I know where this ends and, And it's fun watching, again, the dominoes being built up to know that they eventually just get knocked down by a, by our, it's like what Gorilla Monsoon used to say. "It's the inevitable force meets the immovable object, the irresistible force. Every time I see that guy, I think Mason from Batteries Not Included. Lindsay, fucking A, Lindsay. You beat me to it. It's in my notes. The dude from Batteries Not Included, the star of that movie. If you haven't seen it, it's cheesy as hell, but it's great, great, great fun. Uh, Betty, you need you need some help here? My cat needs some help. Excuse me, everybody. My my pussy needs assistance. There you go, cat. My 20-year-old pussy needs assistance. Good boy. But oh no, no, no. You, you, you couldn't erase that message in time, Lindsay. I'm all about batteries not included. So she wants to set this up, and she sets up this whole situation for for herself. She says to Jimmy later that they offer this to her but she fibs <laughs> uh, she she set this all in motion
1: How is was james holding up i didn't get to speak with him at the funeral we're taking it one day at a time
5: hmm. well grief moves at its own pace and it's different for everybody so give him my best
1: thank you so what can i do for you i have a question for you
3: hmm?
1: how's your banking division
0: well, we have some banking work, but I wouldn't say we have a division. Would you like one? Jason Voorhees says, I tried selling cell phones once. I ended up just rimming them down the camper's throat and thinking to myself, Jason reaches out and touches people. Shh, I reach out and touch people. I love you, Jason Voorhees. Oh no! I totally got the reference. I love batteries not included. Very, very schmaltzy, happy feeling movie, and he's the star of it. Essentially, it was a, it was a vehicle for him, really. Okay, so we. Uh... <laughs> We go off to the warehouse thingy with houses where where uh, Mike is in full-on mode. Mike has taken complete ownership of this whole situation, and we get to start the Mike and the Gus aspect of this episode. And I can't say much. Let's just let Mike do the talking. Well, it's a good long way. Well, it's uh. Well, listen, Pilgrim, it's a good long way. The rest of your operation. We gotta get some, uh, some, some beer in here, some video games, some, uh, some pool, some baccarat. I also want to get a shuffleboard table for myself. Uh, I don't think the Germans like shuffleboard, but I like playing it with the granddaughter and, uh, What It must remain completely separate.
5: Two bedrooms each. Werner will probably take his own. The rest of the guys can double up. Wired and plumbed. Yes. Well, this is a good start. Well, what do you have in mind? Mmm. Mmm. Couple treadmills over there. Barbells, weight bench. You build out a stock bar, beer on tap. I mean, they're Germans, so... Entertainment system here, DVD
0: player. I think, Joseph, unfortunately, I think Mike is going to kill or they're going to have to kill all these Germans. I think, unfortunately, even though there something's going to happen after this is built to make them think that Gus is going to make a move to be like, yeah, just to be safe, why don't we just kill all the Germans? I don't know that's going to definitely happen, but the they're foreshadowing too much a friendship between the main german guy and mike a little bit that i think can't be long lasting and probably is going to end badly for everybody but i definitely think kai is a dead man kai kai's not lasting so so i mean we could i could go through that whole scene just cuz i like listening to mike talk about things giving his uh giving his litany list the screen setup might be nice. We gotta get two lazy
5: boys or couches. Some uh, table. I don't know foosball. No. I don't know
0: why, and I can't explain it, but I just love this scene so much. Iconic thoughts in it as well. I love listening to Mike just list off, uh, list off items, and then uh, then we can get the VCR with some uh, D- oh, done no DVDs and Blu-rays aren't out. Yeah, you gotta get a, a basketball court, cause uh, you know Germans like basketball, don't they? Oh, yes, I think so. Okay, um, you, I, I just fucking love this shit. And
5: put up a hoop. Germans play basketball, yeah? I believe so. Oh. You know, Werner said that this was gonna...
0: With that expensive separate, uh, expensive and elaborate setup, they make them share rooms. Yeah, they could have just added one more house and solved the room situation and given them all their own rooms. Very fair. Very fair point, Jeffrey. <laughs>
5: Six months, which means eight at least, probably ten. In total isolation, these guys are going to be doing ten hours heavy.
0: Bernie, la- I think so. Every day. On the- oh no, you don't. You don't have to. You don't have to delete that. And then coming
5: home to this, we can't just keep them alive. We got a keep- Sick Targaryen bastard.
0: And climbing the walls. And I love Gus's eyes through all of this. You can just, you can hear the. Uh, Hear the. So bad I just. I was looking for the Guy Love theme song from Scrubs. You can just hear the Guy Love song through the. Let's face the facts about me and you. I love what's unspecified.
5: I'd like a full camera perimeter inside. And we'll keep it low profile and then we'll be watching. We just don't need to stick it in their faces. Outside, too, obviously. In case someone tries to find a way in. Or I'll, I'll put a sally port on that door. We'll control it from the outside.
0: <laughs> There's just something really fun about watching Mike do his thing. Jonathan Banks was well cast in the role of Mike Trout, and Better Call Saul, I said I've said it a hundred times, was so smart to pull him in as a focus character. He's a conduit to so many different elements. And seeing him in this context is exceptionally fun. So we'll come back to this in a little bit. Jimmy is at work, still working on some new sign ideas. He's like, he's on the phone with someone, being, uh, where do you get that uh, huge casino sign? Come on, where, come on, talk to me, Jimmy. Twenty-four footer would run me. Uh, sorry, we just
1: don't make them that
0: big. Well, who does? I can't think of anyone around here. <laughs> well, who makes those? I, I love. That. I just. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's so fun. Funny watching, uh, watching Odin Kirk bring the comedy a little bit more into this. And it's quick, just just inside, just so locked in on what he's trying to do. I'm just getting the biggest fucking sign ever. Signs that the casinos have. Um, you know what? Never mind. Thank you very much. Oh, we got. Two people popping on in here right now. We got uh, Miss DJ Better in the live chat. Great to see DJ in there. And she said, just finished the episode. The payout at the end was amazing. Or, or I kind of, I I paraphrased. Oh, wow. I'm, I just got hit by the drunk wave. You know when you're thinking you're okay and you're sipping your alcohol. And then all of a sudden it hits you. Woo! I just got a woo. Oh, yeah. We got TS in the live chat. thisbee Sylvan. I did my best there. One of the best episodes of the season, if not the series. What is so amazing about this show is I feel like every week, you almost come out here and say this. I would have said that about last week in episode three, and I think this is another great episode. It was so solid. There's just... It's just such a solid, amazing episode of this television series. And I can't argue with you, Thisbe. It was satisfying on so many levels to foreshadow events of breaking bad mike was in top form you had the perfect balance of the dynamic of all of the elements marrying together perfect amount of kim perfect amount of jimmy perfect amount of mike and gus and you got to have the connection with the hector you didn't have any nacho in this episode which I don't mind not seeing Nacho for a bit because of how heavy he was at the beginning of the season. I now am hoping I see him next week in in these last four episodes. I know I'm going to see him eventually, but he's recovering at his father's house. He had some major injuries to recover from, so I'm glad that he's just not showing up next week. They actually are giving him time. The character needs to recover to come back. Who's closer to being their Breaking Bad selves, Mike or Jimmy? Mike. Jimmy. Mike, Jimmy, Jimmy, Mike. They're both damn close. I think Mike is pretty much hasn't changed too much. I think Mike is a few steps away from being Breaking Bad Mike. I think Jimmy too is one or two steps away from being full on Breaking Bad Jimmy. So I think it's close. I think they they're at pace. But I don't think I don't I think Mike is generally very steady and generally the same character. It's just about him feeling more comfortable in his surroundings. I think the more comfortable Mike feels, the more in control. And when Mike successfully handles this whole situation for Gus, Gus will be continuously give him more responsibilities and more money and more love. Lindsay says, I think Nacho's days are numbers. Me too, unfortunately. So yeah, Jimmy's trying to get a big sign. Jimmy McGill, and then he gets Uh, on the phone. He finds out. Yeah, you found him. Whoops. The lawyer. He finds out that one of his people that he worked with in one of his commercials has passed away. That he did his will for. And what's very interesting here is he cannot deal with any emotional ramifications in this. And there's the connection to one of the little Hummel toys. And correct me if I'm wrong. Jimmy stole the toy. I believe he stole the toy and that's how he knew later on which one to rob and he replaced it with the shitty one and she has given it. She already gave it to the to the kid from college that's gonna one day figure out that his grandmother had a fake. It's a fake. And and you can see Jimmy poking around and I thought this was really cool to have this come back to. Uh, Let's jump in the live chat and see what some of of our motherfuckers had to say. Bernie says, Mike isn't as ruthless, though. He still has his family in his life. Doesn't he become estranged from his daughter-in-law? I think it's heading in that direction. And I think once Mike reaches that and he has nothing to lose, it will come to that point. But I also think from Breaking Bad, you're seeing things from Walt and Jesse's perspective. And I think once you get into Jesse's relationship with Mike after the fact... Uh, when they become a little closer, you see a, Mike is very similar to the Mike you see now, going to the coffee shops in there, pretty chill, just doing his business. I think Jimmy's on the fence, but Kim pushes him over the edge. I agree, Paul. Joseph, we need Romulan to call it a fake, though. <laughs> Thank you for getting my reference, Joseph. <laughs> Always have to put one or two Deep Space Nine references in every show. I appreciate you catching on there. Uh, we need an overacting Romulan to go. It's a fake. <laughs> I love you, Joseph, right now. <laughs> I, uh, if you were here, I'd hug you, buddy. I am fucking loving it. Okay, what what else is going on here? Sorry, I'm uh I'm playing some mu- I'm playing some music here. I'm playing I'm in a music-y mood. This is for you, lovely one. It's the most written tonight. It's the most tonight. Fuck Santa. Fuck Santa. Fuck Santa. Fuck, Santa. fuck Santa. It's time for my Timo rant of the night. So, VHS cassettes. I really miss VHS cassettes. And I'm really pissed off I ever paid any money to back the blockbuster video. Go fuck themselves. Rah. I didn't really have a rant plan, so I had to just pick one randomly. It's kind of hard to do the rant of the night without the rant... Without <laughs> without our rant master, Joe Dirty Locks, and a Joe rant. I'm just a pale comparison of a Joe rant. I'm wondering how Joe would push Jimmy over the edge. I think... I think when he's going to think he can trust her and let his guard down ultimately in one last time, one last chance, and she ultimately doesn't want any part of him as a lawyer or needs to move away for a job or decides that Jimmy's just too disconnected for her to be a part of his life, I think it might set Jimmy into, okay. Uh, All I have is this thing now. All I have is my craziness and my criminal life. When she starts realizing what exactly he's doing with the cell phone scheme, I don't think she's going to be okay with it. (laughs) Jimmy was more upset over the old lady's death than Chuck's. It's true. He was. He started freaking out about that. And I've had that situation too. Sometimes you just hold things together in real life situations, real close to the home situations, and then you're watching a TV commercial and you lose your shit. But it's very true. Alpine Shepherd boy Granny passed away. Fun fact, the voice on the phone was a cousin of one of the kids I took care of in Freddie vs. Jason. Very interesting. I also found out that the 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 woman partner of Mesa Verde is a voice actor as well from video games and she is one of the main characters in mass effect one and two or is it mass effect two and three she is she's one of the crew and uh i never realized that but then once i heard it she was on the uh, the insiders podcast this week and she said that she's like yeah i'm one of the uh, major voices in mass effect and one of the one of the people that works on the production staff is a mass effect fan and was was like holy shit that's that's you or you, you cast that person she's in my favorite video game which is interesting because nacho is also a a big voice actor and trevor was on the show as well uh from uh from the also on the walking dead and Westworld too So, I like that they've been open to casting voice actors as well. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. I want the box set of Better Call Saul to be released on VHS. That would be awesome, Jason Voorhees. I would buy VCR just for that. Lindsay, well, Kim is the only person that Jimmy has, so if you think about it, so it makes sense that she'd push Jimmy all the way into being full Saul mode. So, we go to the VHS cassette, and he watches her video clip. So, let's listen to a video clip. Video clip.
3: We did our best to build a nest egg so that we wouldn't be a burden to our family. After Ronald passed, I moved to an assisted living facility. A nice place. Aww. They told me they'd take care of everything, but then one day they said all my money was gone. How could that be? Where did it all go?
0: Where did it all if go? If
2: loved one is a resident of a Sandpiper Crossing facility or other associated retirement community...
0: She and yes. So uh and he gets a phone call from Kim and she set takes him out to lunch and starts in on the lies. So before we go there. Oh no, I, I let's play our good buddy Big J's voicemail. I just noticed that we had a call from Big J. If anyone else wants to leave a voicemail, you can at 781-990-8509. Then we'll come back, finish the recap, and play any voicemails we get at the end. So, uh, so feel free to call in or leave a text message if I have not got to your question and I somehow missed it. So, here we go. Let's listen to what Big J had to say about this episode.
3: Hello. What's up, my brother? Big J over here. Uh, yeah, I'm under the weather. So, uh, I'm going to call you now case I fall asleep. I'm going to try to watch uh, most the review. And Big, and Big Jay- J. Hey, what's up? Watch- oh, whoops. dirty Joe. Uh listen, I, I love the show. You.
0: Ho- hope you feel better, my friend. I also uh I also am a little under the weather. But I uh, hope you feel better, my friend.
3: I, I, um, slow man, slow, 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 slow ride, man. But that is what it that's you know, that's the show, man. And uh in this episode my take is that Mike really became Mike the uh right hand coach man, Mike, you know. It's really you can see this is where really, he really uh you know, trusting them to basically just set this whole fucking thing up, you know. This operation, man. This chemical, chemical lab, you know, it's, uh, you know, I was calling y'all, I was funny with the camera guy saying, where's the girls? Because when you say anything you need, that, that's the way I think Jay would have thought too, where's the girls, you know? So, uh, definitely the beer and the girls. So, uh-huh. um, watching him, uh, more transformation. I like the way Jimmy yelled at Howard. You know, I Jimmy, him and Howard, you know, we he kind of like a spot for Howard. You know, him die, But
0: yeah, because Howard was always nice to him too. Like on the way up, it's he thought of Howard as a gigantic douche, but he was never as condescending as Chuck was with him. And uh, Thizby, I'll be out on that second. I mentioned that at the beginning of the show, but I'm gonna get to your comment in a second because that's fucking awesome, and I want to mention it again.
3: That's what I would need, man, to kick in the ass, you know. Return the address and grab your balls, you know. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed that, you know. And, uh, I don't know, I guess it's really it. Like I said, I'm a little under the weather. It's, it's another slow part. I, I don't know how I really cared about the uh, open scene with the mail, mail room thing again. They yeah. gotta be left with that horse, you know, but. I mean we get it, you know, he was in the mail room, he was telling us of his brother, we kinda but of that they could have used that open politics a lot other shit, but you know, I mean it was it was good I guess, but uh,
0: No, very very fair and I and I, and they they from what they were saying on the Insiders podcast, they look for what they're gonna do in these opens? So they can't all be home runs, and they say it themselves. You know, they they look for the right opportunity for the right scene. I think it was more about the outcome of what Kim's situation was to connect something to show you that Kim and Jimmy were never on the same page. But I agree with you, Big J. It's it coming off the Saul beginning. I wasn't as captivated by that scene as I was by the rest of the episode.
3: You know. I got to just get the season over one more year. These people get too old to be going back and forth, you know? Jim and Jimmy, they kind of look like they do now, and they're they're trying (laughs) to play like 10 years ago. It's
0: like when Howard Stern in private parts is playing himself in college.
3: (laughs) Anyway, you guys are the best, and uh, I'll talk to you next
0: week. Love you, Big Jag. Thanks for the call, my friend. And uh, Bernie says, It's a joke off of Staten Island, Mass. Make a lasagna. Uh, So, uh Fisbee said, I, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show as well, in the Insiders podcast last week, the scene that took place during the Breaking Bad timeline was filmed on 30 millimeter film like Breaking Bad and said the 4K cameras they used for Better Call Saul. And I think that's so awesome that that attention to detail, that they, they paid to that. And it wasn't even a question. The way they were saying it was, yeah, of course we did that. We we had to do that. Of course we did that. I love that. and it's And it really paid off. And I like how they talked about how they had the old set and someone kept it for them. DJ says, oh, no, I realized I have this porn stash. Yes, yes, in fact, when I'm walking around, all you hear is this song, DJ. It's in honor of uh, Burt Reynolds. I'm rocking this porn stash for a week. So it's almost next time you see me, it will probably be gone. <laughs> so <laughs> Stephen Ogg, Yes, yeah, Stephen Ogg. I met him at... Uh, WSC at Atlanta last year. He's a hoot. Apparently he hates video
1: games.
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh. I love him. He's awesome. Do you think Kim is going to go her own way and try to motivate Jimmy or she just punching out? I think eventually she's going to punch out. Maybe both. I think DJ's right. What was with... Was that Huel at the end? I wasn't sure at first, but everyone, uh, people at the beginning of the podcast mentioned that it was Huel. I didn't get a good look. I was uh, taking notes. My head was down at the time he was. They were there, and I didn't. I didn't rewind because I was excited to get to the next scene, and I had to. Uh, I had to go to the boys' room too. So. <laughs> So let's get to this scene right here where Kim talks about the job and she gives him some lies where she says she was offered the job instead of it being her. (laughs) I was thinking we could just be Kim and Jimmy. But I agree, Bernie. I tend to think she's she's punching out even if she doesn't know it already. She is at that point where she's done. And if Jimmy because she got this flash of Saul Goodman in there and and I'm not saying it as he's a different person. I think it's all the it's all the same person. I think what I mean by that is that gear that Jimmy has that he can just flip and be unemotional and be cold and be whatever. She didn't like that. And when she saw him read the will, read the letter and have no emotional reaction to it while she was being hum, human I think that was the inciting incident that caused her to be ultimately done with this situation and it's just the slow burn right now until she finds her out so i am friends with a good friend of steven Ogg. no joke met him at uh fernie bc with her at a private dinner dude is awesome he seems awesome he seems like a really funny guy uh joseph says i was hoping they would bring bill burr in that pinata scene i was saying that earlier too i was hoping that it was going to be yule and cuddy and i i hope bill burr comes back From listening to the Insiders podcast, that you can tell they definitely all love Bill Burr. So, I don't think it's a matter of if they'd have him back. I think they're just trying to find the right opportunity for him. DJ says, Kim loves Jimmy but needs him to be emotionally with her. If he can't be, she needs to walk walk away. I was going to add an extra swear in there for some reason. Because I'm getting drunk. Walk the F away. Mm -mm -mm. So... Kim brings the lies. Uh, Okay.
2: Those two aren't all bad. Rumors in here, say. How's work? It is a job. And how about you?
1: Works good? Yeah. Actually, I have news. It's good news. It's great news, really. It could. Amazing news? Change things for Wexler McGill. But I met with Rich Schweikart today. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, they took on Gatwood, so I've been meaning to follow up. And uh, anyway, we were talking and he offered me a job. Again?
0: What? He can't take no for an answer? And the look on Jimmy's face here, it's, it's like such a fuck you that he feels here. It's such a, you could see his face start to realize what she's saying but not be quite sure about it. And then it amazingly just all comes together for him and he's to the point where he just has to get the hell out of here. And I love how they film this panic attack. It reminded me a lot of a scene that I enjoy in a movie that I know not everybody enjoys, Iron Man 3. When Tony Stark has the panic attack and has to run out of the restaurant when the kid Shows him the picture and says and whispers something to him. Uh, Jimmy has this moment where he starts hearing all these things around him, the clinking in the kitchen. And when you start to have a panic attack like that and you start freaking out, that's exactly how you feel. Uh, Excellent job with the editing department and the sound design in that moment because that clicky clacky, noticing everything around you and freaking out and stuff. It's absolutely at least how I feel in those moments when I'm starting to freak out about things. And I can freak it. This scene was a nice parallel to that hotel scene from last season where they were ripping off the bar patrons. I agree. Where they come in and Jimmy at first is like, "Yeah, we gonna be play, having our play. We're gonna be uh, are we gonna be uh, doing our nicknames and stuff? Or are you gonna be Lolita and I'm Hank? You want me to run their banking division? Build it, really?
1: You're not seriously considering it? I'd be coming in as a partner.
2: But I thought things were going okay with Mesa Verde since, uh...
1: Yeah, they are. They were. My workload has gotten a lot more complicated lately. I've been taking on some pro bono work. Overflow from the public defender's office. PD overflow? When did you... (laughs) Why? I like it. I'm good at it. And I'm helping people, Jimmy. And I know that sounds cheesy. It's, you know, it's whatever, but it's the truth. No, it uh, makes a
2: lot
0: of sense. <laughs> and, the, and the look on his face isn't like it makes sense to him. It does not compute. It, it's, it, the, again, it's the feeling does not compute feelings of emotional connection to people wanting to help people, does not compute, need to leave situation to process information and then come back as an emotional creature. And that's what he does. I have been thinking about criminal law myself. Go into the panic mode. You think the person's leaving you? You think you're fucked? You think, uh, go into, go into, uh, go into, correct, 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 correct. Oh, it's okay. No, 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 I'm not going to do the thing you want me to do. I'm surprised you didn't say, fine, I'm going to go into therapy now. Uh, You know, I second guessed the therapy situation. I really think I should go there.
2: You know, from when I get my license back. Really? Yeah. You know, like you said, you know, you're helping people. I'm thinking an office in one of these refurbished bungalows, you know, downtown by the courts. You know, stick around where all the people who need help are. <sighs> Boy, it has a nice ring to it now. Wexler McGill, criminal law.
0: That all sounds great. No, it doesn't. Just tell him. The thing is... Just be direct. And I guess I respect Kim for being relatively direct in this situation and being basically... No, this is a perfect situation for me. Stop. Stop your shit.
1: If I go to Schweikart and Coakley, I have all those associates to help cover Mesa Verde. It'll keep paying the bills and free me up to do the work I really care about.
2: So you kind of get to have your cake and eat it too.
0: Kind of, yeah. (sighs) And he, this is where the, this is where the panic attack starts. He starts to start to feel a freak out and brain does not compute. And he needs to go off and have an emotional moment. And I thought this was filmed amazing. These are one of these moments that in other kinds of shows would not work as well. And this just works exceptionally good here because they film this minutia. They find these opportunities to stick in these montage moments of just shit happening. And also of characters going through mental fucked up situations. You did it with Nacho earlier in the season when he was shot and... And feeling the the effects of that, and seeing Jimmy have this panic attack here, and you did it with Chuck last season with his with his condition, and. I love it, and I love the opportunity. it give, It's almost like the writer is giving the creative editing team a chance to play, being like, we have all these really awesome creative people working for us that can do some really cool shit with editing and with, with tools. Let's give them an opportunity to play and put these kind of scenes in here. And it do, I'm not saying that it feels out of place or it feels forced in. I think they almost automatically... Re- Write these kind of moments, knowing how ex- how well they'll be done on screen, and similar to *Sopranos* with dream elements and Tony's sort of deception. When they first did it well early on, they experimented with it, and they experimented with this shit a lot on *Breaking Bad*, and now are doing it to excess on excess in a great way with *With Better Call Saul*. No, Jimmy. What? I, no, I just I got to hit the head. Oh, and I forgot to mention before that when Jimmy was talking to uh, the gentleman, the son, was it, of, of the woman that passed, he suggested Hamlin, Hamlin McGill. And it was a very weird conversation where the guy on the phone was very awkward in an interesting way, and which makes me think the character's going to show up at some point in time, but whatever. Either way, it was kind of a cool conversation that it wasn't just a throwaway character on the phone. The actor, excuse me, who's on the phone... Had a dynamic to him, which was fun. And jeez. That's your name too. There's no there's no there's no association. No association. How do you know that about my family? Oh yeah, you did the will. The editor from Jason Takes Manhattan is great. The way he cut in those little boy screaming scenes and the way they focus so much on that boat and so little on New York, I think that made that movie. Award-worthy, Jason. Award-worthy.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's more of an excuse and a good opportunity to tease Jimmy's future as a criminal law attorney. Law, career. And I agree with that, Joseph, too. And I think it's funny when he's talking about the criminal thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm a criminal attorney. You don't need an attorney. You don't need a criminal attorney. You need a criminal attorney, a criminal lawyer. So where are we here? Where the fuck are we? Have your cake and eat it too. So he goes and has his freak out. And he starts hearing the clicker and clacking. Oh. And suddenly it's the beginning of uh, time by Pink Floyd here. You're skipping moments, and all you're hearing is the the surface sounds around. A lot of nonverbal acting here. Dark, as someone put it before, too, as you're seeing Jimmy's whole plan sort of fa- fall apart. Almost, he's trying to wrap his brain around what's happening here. And if, is he losing Kim? Is he losing his ideal future? Is he losing his only hope? It's it's a lot of fucked up emotions going on in this moment, and Odenkirk plays this really well. <laughs> Then he wraps himself together and he comes and he comes back and he gives her what she needs. It's a great
2: opportunity, man. You should jump on it. You mean that? Yeah. Kim, you gotta do what's best for you. You sure? Yes. I can't ask you to wait around for me. And who knows? Ten months, What can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, so um, to Schweikert and Coakley and Wexler.
0: Then we head off. I mean, there's not much to talk about in this next scene. Uh, I'm not going to really play any audio from it. We come back to suburbia little boxes on the hillside. Mike is grampy. He gets out of the car, heads into the house, ready to get some shit from the daughter and eat some crow. The daughter's like, what do you want? And give him sort of a weird vibe. And Mike says, you know, I agree. I still think that guy is full of shit and a lying sack of crap. But ultimately, it was the wrong place at the wrong time. I shouldn't have said it. And she says, you know, I'll always love your son, even though I might have to move on. And Mike says, yeah, you know, you can move on. No one expects you. No one expects you to to wear a nun or something like that. And she says it's okay for him to pick up Kaylee. So... We move on with that storyline. Not much to report there. It was just a touch-in. They'll to get Mike back to seeing his granddaughter again. I forget, did Jimmy steal the Ola's Hummel in a previous season? I think he did, Paul, and that is a good question, DJ. I was wondering about that. I believe he did, which is how he knew about it for this season. He had done it once before. He had done it once before. He, he had done it once before. So, uh, but I'd have to double check because Better Call Saul, I have not rewatched the early seasons. I did. When I, w- when I was getting ready to rewatch uh, this for this new season, there was some other shit going on this summer. This is a crazy summer, and where it still looks like we're probably going to be moving maybe by November. Uh, so we're going to be in a new space, a new little studio space. So, it's. It's just been a weird time this summer with everything going around. So I've sort of lost track of it a little bit, but, and didn't get a chance to rewatch the early seasons. I only watched last season again and some select moments. Mm -mm -mm. So I am not sure about that. So Jimmy's at his office to go see Howard and get the five grand. And uh, this is a fun scene. I'm just going to play this because some funny shit happens in this scene. (laughs)
2: Expecting you.
0: Thanks, Julie. As, Jim, as Jimmy heads in to get his check. Uh,
5: hey, Jimmy.
0: Howard. Just- Jeffrey says he did not steal the old lady's Hummel. He just learned about the Hummel through the old lady. Thank you, Jeffrey. And Lily of the Fox Valley says, no, he didn't. She made sure he wrote the right name of the Hummel on the will, which gave Jimmy the knowledge to be able to know he could steal a different one later. Thank you, Jeffrey and Lily of the Fox Valley. See, again, one of the best best reasons to do a live show. You have the live chat to be able to correct my wrong ass, which is usually wrong. My right, Occasionally I have a right ass, but usually my ass is wrong.
5: Going in the mail today, you would have gotten it by Friday. Yeah,
0: I got a
2: pressing need. Only $5,000 will cure.
5: Oh, there you go then. Everything correct?
0: And I love the actor Howard, how he's playing this character right now. He is, uh, he's, it makes the other side of Howard, it makes me realize how good of an actor this guy is. Good, thanks. Of course. I uh, see a lot of empty cubicles out there. What's going on? We're doing some reorganizing. I'm not really passing out. But would that be the best stream ever or the worst stream ever if in the middle of the stream I was like playing an audio clip and I leaned back for a second and then suddenly just passed out? Just
2: making the office a little more feng shui, I take it?
0: We've had some setbacks.
2: Paying out to Chuck's estate. That is part of it. (laughs) And to be frank...
0: (laughs) Probably worst. I wonder how long. How long would you watch? <laughs> Two minutes, three minutes? Would you call an ambulance? <laughs> that would be an amazing, amazing way to just end a stream. Once, just be going. Hey, everybody! Yeah, that was really good, really good. Let's play another piece of audio here.
5: Firm's reputation is not what it was
0: so what's the plan
5: the consultants call it right sizing no
0: i mean what's the plan to get hhm back on its feet (sighs) dead phil best stream ever we've let lotus eat you (laughs) my cat would eat me first very quickly So Jimmy at this point is just disgusted. He's just like, Howard, what the fuck's wrong with you? Could could you talk to me here for a second, asshole?
2: Are you kidding me? I I just referred a client to you guys. You're welcome, by the way. And you're telling me this place is falling apart? Get your shit together, Howard. Excuse me? Oh, please. You suffer one little setback and you're going to let your entire legacy go?
5: One little setback?
2: Fine. Fine. Your pain is very special.
4: What
0: was you? I love that line. I'm going to use that in real life. Your pain is very special. Good for you. It's like Olivia Soprano line. Poor you. Stop wallowing, okay?
2: This place is all you've got.
0: That in your hair. Yes, Bernie. I have thought about this before. I, I have a cat. My cat's 20 years old. It's very loyal to me. But if I died... I bet my cat would be eating me within an hour. <laughs> Who knows? Especially if she was trapped in a room with me and she was hungry. I love my cat, but they, once they, I, I assume I'd be uh, I'd be destroyed by my cat. Let's face it, clocks. Joe worked as an amb- ambulance worker, and uh, he has some stories
2: I'm there too. So, you want to save your business? You want to save your dignity? You're gonna have to fight.
0: Hey fight for the rights of every lawyer you're a shitty lawyer howard
2: (laughs) but you're a great salesman so get out there and sell fuck you jimmy there you go use that
0: i love that i love pep talk jimmy i don't know if bob odenkirk's ever played it there's probably a mr show character i'm not thinking about Bob Odenkirk as a motivational speaker in a movie would be perfect. Uh, <laughs> DJ, what you don't, you don't ask questions you don't want to know the answers to. But both, oh, both hands. Wait, wait, I had a, I had a roach in my hand. <laughs> wait, yeah, that's what I call it. Roach in my hand. Both hands. See, see both hands. <laughs> So uh, let's. Continue. Where are we? So yeah, we get that funny song, and then we get a little piece of music with the uh, the tracks opening the four four grand that he uses to buy more pay to go phones off the truck. Really fun little uh, little piece of editing business again which becomes the mainstay. Six episodes into Better Call Saul this season, I'm used to this stuff, and my brain is associated with it, and I miss it in other shows. Uh, so it's really great stuff, really great business, and I'm gonna miss this show. Only four more episodes this season. It's making me sad. So he's investing his his four grand into more of this scheme, this cell phone scheme. So then we get Saul on the phone talking about pinatas, feeding the fish, setting up the the scam with or the, the setup at the end with Huel and whoever the other dude was. And yeah, uh, we go off to Hector in bed with Gus. We'll get back to that at the end. So we go back to this scene here with Hector and Gus, and it's a long scene. This is the dark scene that we really get into Gus's mind. This is one of the most consistent moments we've heard Gus talking. It's a big, long, meaty monologue that they give him, and really character building and very theater-like. I've said that a lot about Better Call Saul, and I I stand by it. A lot of the editing tricks are very television. but When they get into the acting moments, it's very just old-school acting. Just actors working and doing the fucking shit. And this is a out-of-reality monologue moment that makes sense in the scene because of how Gus feels about this, that he needs to say all of this to Hector, even if Hector can't hear it, and... I love it. I love how they linger on the hand at the end, too. But let's listen to Gustavo Fring, excuse me, do his thing. Oh, that rhymed. And I, I'm a poet, and I didn't even know it. The doctor tells me your fever oh. has gotten worse. But this is an awesome monologue. And you don't see monologues like this often on television anymore. You I love when shows set it up so that they have opportunities to do shit like this for it to make sense. The Sopranos, second time I've mentioned The Sopranos tonight, uh, which is interesting in the sense of the big discussion of Breaking Bad versus The Sopranos in in my circles, personal circles with me and Matt and my cousin Craig and my cousin uh, cousin Pete. And we've and in the the lost podcast of uh, my mother's funeral day we have this huge conversation about about that very topic and i think better call saul belongs in this discussion too i think both shows find opportunities in really awesome ways to do monologues and the sopranos did it in the dr milfy's office with tony in therapy so it made sense for him to just be talking This, in this situation right here, makes perfect sense, too, for Gus to be monologuing, and it works for me. And let's listen to a little bit of, let's sit back, relax, and listen to Gus stuff, listen to Gus's monologue. They
2: say this infection may kill you.
0: Gus is clearly a serial killer psychopath whose <laughs> psychopathy is very very focused. I wasn't hinting at Phil in his hands. Would imagine so, Someone else is hiding under the desk. This is like a police academy thing where I have uh, I have someone under the desk at all times. This would be the happiest podcast of all time if that was if that was true. Uh, is that, if, I'm, I'll be interviewing for my intern position soon, uh, DJ. No. But uh, but I, I would uh, that would that would make me the happiest podcast ever, or maybe it's just like a toy of some kind. I'm gonna stop this now. See, DJ, you're setting me off on weird. Where weird, you're, 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 you're spitting. It's like point. I'm drunk, so Uncle Phil's ketchup couch isn't far to push me towards. You know so his patience his desire to make someone suffer is just incredible no one has the attention span to watch monologues anymore Bernie I hear that I, I do because I just come from that geek theaterness in me of like sitting and watching Shakespeare plays that I go to like see a couple every summer because I'm geeky and see, see summer stock and shit like that and I enjoy that kind of shit so but I agree You know, my dream would be to see that Robin Williams and Steve Martin waiting for Godot just to see those long fucking monologues of back and forth and stuff. But I hear you that people's intention spans are hard, but I love how Better Call Saul doesn't give a fuck. And they want a monologue, they're giving you a monologue. DJ, don't be sorry. I didn't say I wasn't enjoying it. The porn stash, you ki- I kind of can't not talk like that with the porn stash. And where Everywhere I go, my theme song is this. It's it's, it's everywhere I go, it's just like every, uh, if I pick it up, I go mustache. I show the mustache. It's like... <laughs> Maybe it's just the cantaloupe. Phil starts to get very specific. I do love monologues too. I, I just can't. I can't get enough of them, but I like how this show doesn't doesn't pull any punches. It really gets in deep. But I agree with you, Bernie. A lot of shows just don't do them anymore because everything needs to be snappy dialogue. We need to have two characters that hate each other and are gonna fuck eventually. We need to have two characters that disagree, but they have a dynamic that's fun. We need to have all this shit that that keeps people full papa 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 poppy. A monologue is a pause. And Big J was saying it in his message, and it's true, this show is a slow burn in every a, possible way even when the editing's snappy even when the comedy is great this show is a slow freaking burn and i love every inch of it every inch of it what well, dj <laughs> specific about what's under the table you don't want to know what's under the table oh no you do doesn't you don't want to know what's My under the table. Me okay, you, you guys want to? Before we listen to Gus's thing, you guys really want to see what's under the table? Okay. Oh no. Let's see what I have there. Uh, uh, uh. Ah! I have Weird Al under the table. <laughs> eat it, just eat it. Going out on, on your floor, indeed it. So, um, what's funky? So. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Uh, On my lap while I do the podcast, under the table is, in fact, action figures and toys at all time. I got a Ninja Turtle and Weird Al, and I'm playing with them for on and off. Almost like a stress balls kind of situation. Almost using them as a stress ball situation. But I will be doing a GoFundMe pretty soon, not for the next year's Con of Thrones, even though I want to do that, too. But I'm gonna be doing it for a proper under the desk thing for the new studio. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> sorry, everybody. Sorry, sorry for the weird Al uh, breakdown of what I'm re- what I'm doing under the table. It's disgusting. It's disgusting what I'm doing with this Ninja Turtle. It's it's interspecies erotica at its worst right now. Interspecies erotica. It's a teeny teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. Phil started listing things: dolls. I don't care. Cantaloupes was definitely next. We'll get into that next week. Tune, tune in next week to see what else I have under the table. <laughs> we want to know what you want to know. What Joe thought? What did Joe think? What? You think? What, what is Phil? What is under <laughs> Phil's table? <laughs> I never heard of people cutting uh, cutting holes in melons. No, I never heard of that one. I. Back when we were kids, it, people talked about cutting your hole in a bed or something. I, know, I never heard of cutting holes in the melons. I'm so innocent. Like I, I never even heard of that. Why why wasn't that a thing when I was 13? <laughs> Anyways. So <laughs> Bernie, I I'm now gonna go into rabbit hole video search later. Anyways. <laughs> so Let's listen to this monologue. Now that we've set the mood completely against what this monologue is about, let's get to a little revenge in sick, twisted past of Gustavo Frag when he tortures animals and shit. And yet, I wait. <laughs> Sorry, there's a lot of dead air. I guess. Let me talk. And... Grew up oh, here we go. Quite poor. <laughs> I'm just gonna casually talk during the breaks in the uh, breaks in the discussion.
3: We lived in the hills,
0: in the place my brothers built. Do not be sorry. Um, things they found:
3: metal sheeting, plywood, and it rained. It smelled like hay. We were always hungry, but there was a tree, scrawny, barely alive. My family had given up on it years before.
0: And I mean, I want to play this whole monologue, but it's a five minute monologue. And I'm not, I mean, I'm going to, it's playing right now. I'm just going to talk and raise up and down here. Uh, you've watched the episode. If you haven't watched the episode, definitely check it out. I want you to see it in the context of it. We're going to play a couple of clips on it. But it so takes its time. Because Bernie's right. So much of television right now and so much of entertainment right now doesn't have time for this. But Better Call Saul does. Because it needs – it put Gustavo Fring on the show because it wants to develop his character. He was interesting. And the only reason to have him on here – I appreciate what Jay's saying about the conclusion, and he cares about the conclusion here. With this show, all rules are off. I usually do, too. But with this show, I don't. With this show, the conclusion is Breaking Bad. It's one universe. This show is filling in gaps, and it's creating its own identity, too. I do care about the conclusion of this show. I do care what happens with Jim Jim and Kim. I cared what happened with Chuck. I care what happens with Nacho. It's made me care about these new characters, but it also fulfills the end of all of this story is what Corey Mitchell was talking about earlier. It's the Walt monster, and he is an impending force. He is the ultimate elephant in the room of this whole series, and it doesn't destroy the element of it. It creates this different dynamic, this inciting force krypton is going to be destroyed (laughs) there's no nothing that can happen to stop this (laughs) thank you you guys are amazing they should have the option to play this show at 2k speed like a podcast this would be that'd be awesome i wouldn't mind that I do listen to podcasts at 2K speed, and I do know that some people do listen to uh, our audio podcast. When you get it on, pod, on uh, Podbean, you can find the uh, – to become a Podbean, Podbean subscriber or an iTunes subscriber, you can find that link in the YouTube video. And if you are a iTunes subscriber or on Podbean, please give us some star ratings and comments. But I love how uh, – I when I listen to my podcast, or when I listen to buckets, I listen to it at one and a half speed.
3: Um, okay
0: So yeah If you've never saw Breaking Bad Gus just looks simply insane here In this moment
3: This time I was ready I caught it It fought me But I Was stronger The merciful thing Would have been to give it I kept it, it lived for quite some time,
4: I
0: believe you will wake Hector. Or maybe that's just what my skin looks like DJ. Yeah people that never saw Breaking Bad have no idea what this guy is capable of and have never seen that pool scene. and. I wonder when this show is going to get there. And I do think they're going to get there with these Germans. I think that's the direction that you're going to see that side of Gus again, where he just completely wipes out all these people. And we we see that side of Gus. As much as I love the last season, the Gus seasons were the best of Breaking Bad. He's one of the best antagonists in TV history. He is. And it's the dynamic between him and it, him and Walt were because he had Walt on every level. And Walt had to go to that... un speakable level of going to Hector to solve the problem. And also because there's a timeline look at this where Walt isn't completely innocent and everything either. And it's, it's such, it's such a, uh, uh, I I can't wait to rewatch breaking bad in this off season leading up to the final season of better call Saul. I'm going to watch all breaking bad. Then I'm going to watch all of better call Saul leading up to the final season. Bernie, Well, well, let's see. Should I, it, I'll take it off to this music. been a skit and if it hasn't copyright the sad music stripper like where were they where it's a it's a skit in a stripper club it's a, a stripper club you can see how how fro off and i freak with them a strip club and, <laughs> and it's a, one girl s- dancing to pour some sugar on me and then someone comes out and starts dancing to a song like this know he's going to cry and strip for us (laughs) throw the dollar bills out there guys i I have full permission if money's involved to do whatever i want so uh, (laughs) negotiations here we go mfe right here i ate too many sandwich can't no that's fine i ate too many i drank too much sandwich tea i drink, drink a little bit too much of the hand of the queen and I'm feeling like I'm feeling like an imp. <laughs> Mm-mm. You, that can of worms is always opened up, especially when I do pro, uh, podcasts all by myself, all by myself. A great SNL where a girl broke her back but still wants to work. I must apologize for opening up the can of worms. Drunk fat stripper guy. Oh, uh, like Chris, the Chris Frowley one. He's gonna cry. Strip for us, <laughs> Bernie. Okay, so uh, where are we? Okay, so this kind and i said this kind of indulgence the scene that where goss ultimately leads into this saying i'm going to make you suffer you're not going to die my doctor says you're going to die but no you're going to you're going to be all right and you're going to suffer for me as long as i want you to suffer <clears throat> and this indulgent kind of scene can only be done by a show that rationalizes it like better call saul so we come back in, and the Germans are like, "This place is amazing. This is fucking great." And we got, and we meet Kai, the douchebag, as Mike gets them all into their orientation. All right, gentlemen, we have a few things to go over here. Stipper, there. There's also a scene. In, there's also an episode of How I Met Your Mother that, like that, that's pretty funny. Where, where something bad happens to the stripper at a bachelor party, and she and she like forces them to watch her strip after after some horrible shit happens. But uh, but yeah, that's kind of a funny scene. I think the sad music one would be a good little, good little scene, good little scene as well. But yeah, it would be a little bit birdie. It would have to be that she's very, she's very happy doing it, or it could be a guy too. The person's very happy doing it. With the music, like the sad music's playing, but they're smiling the whole time, like do, 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 do. they're just like trying to get into it, but then it might just be artsy and not funny. Be like mm. I'm rethinking this whole joke. That means you too. Yes, DJ, it means you can drink a few. It's like when I eat those Cape Cod potato chips that are forty percent less fat or whatever it is, I can eat Forty percent more, right? I can eat more. Sixty percent more. I can do math too. I can eat sixty percent more than I usually eat to equal the hundred percent. Like I'm eating a normal bag of chips. Fucking a. Mm-mm. Joseph asks Phil, "Do you think Gus was always evil, as suggested by the scene, childhood animal torture, or became super evil when Hector murdered his partner, and became obsessed with revenge?" I think maybe, according to this scene, I don't know how much of this scene is. Is Gus embellishing to try to scare Hector? Or I think he's telling the truth. But I think he always had the dynamic for that. And maybe his partner in the whole in the whole situation kept him in check. You know, sometimes people that have certain tendencies in certain ways can find Every poison has, oh, not every poison, but poisons have their antidotes. So sometimes when people are fucked up, we, we, oftentimes you focus on how people can be toxic to each other. But sometimes people that are going through certain situations can actually help people through their problems. And maybe that person that he had working with him was his key to sanity. He was his way of... Feeling like he had someone in life and someone he connected to. And then when that happened, it triggered into the childhood thing that is was always there. So I'm, I am think maybe in the worst answers of all time to answer something like that is I think it's a little of both. Uh, me do math good. Cisbee says, I can't wait to see Kai fuck around and show his liability and be sent to police by either Mike or Gus <laughs> with, with extreme disregard and bad intention. Bernie says those chips cause diarrhea when you're climbing up a ladder, so you hear something splatter when you when you're climbing up a ladder and you're hearing something splatter, diarrhea. Diarrhea. When you're sliding into third and you fear a juicy turd, diarrhea. Diarrhea, when you're sliding into home and your shorts are full of foam, diarrhea, sorry. (laughs) When you have nothing to hold on, when you have some intensity, diarrhea, Diarrhea. sorry, Paul Q. When you go to make a toot, but you ate a lot of food, diarrhea, diarrhea. Thank you live for the fucking chat. (laughs) When you're sliding into first and you're feeling something burst, diarrhea,
4: diarrhea. Okay.
0: So anyways, let's, let's meet the Germans. Spe- speaking of poop, let's meet the Germans. Scheizer! The, the call of a Scheizer video, Phil. Thank you, weird voice in my head that knows about German porn. Kai.
5: Over here, Kai.
0: Es reicht. Excuse, Kai. Listen, Kai. You may want to get your ass over here, considering we're uh, paying for your surroundings and giving you a lot of food and beer and uh, stuff. You fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Can we just kill you now, Kai? When you're walking down the hall and you hear something fold and
1: Diarrhea.
5: We got four bedrooms yeah. between the two
0: Yeah, yeah. Does anyone not think the comment section as well afterwards podcast listeners as well? I'm curious if we have uh what one two percent of people does anybody think Kai's not gonna die? Kai's going to die. Kai's going to
5: die. I leave it to you to figure out the roommate situation. I assume you're all friends. And I don't really want to hear about it if you aren't. Working kitchen so you can cook whatever you want. The refrigerators, the cabinets are stocked with essentials. There's a shopping list.
0: Each one of you will have an assistant that will carry around the con and let you know. Whatever you need, we'll get it. Uh, say, let's see how bad I destroy this. Lily of the Fox Valley throwing in some German in there. Bon Van Guggen. Bon Van Guggen? Was that, was that pathetically awful? That was awful, right? Give me a, a 10 being the worst. 10 could be the best. 10 the best. One the worst. What was that? Was I was a two? That was a pretty, pretty shitty, right? Calm down, Mike. Let the dude grab a beer. I would have asked for a stock of sandwiches. <laughs> a Me too, explosion. I would want some uh, blooming sandwich plants. Kai equals our red shirt. To see what must. M- what must. That's Gus and Mike together was must. Must right there. <laughs> My drunk ass went to go see say Gus and Mike, to, Mike at the same time. And it came out as must. <laughs> so must. He's gonna feel the power of the must side Bob and Glenn. There's a phone in each house
5: that goes directly to me or one of.
0: if there's a phone lot Now I started he sounds like John Wayne now. What I'm doing Listen listen pilgrim. There's a phone line if you want to dial a phone sex line you have to go through me and one of the boys has to listen, so you better watch out. And also, if you want to order a Domino's, you're going to have to go outside to pick it up. And uh, I don't know what else to tell you. There'll be no Shiza going on in here tonight. What you do on Fridays is your own business. <laughs> Guys, anything you need, call. Oh, far from Nugan. Okay, so, oh, Bar-Farfignugin. I I just said it better that time because I knew what I was saying. That's better, right? (laughs) Farfignugin.
5: So when do the girls get here?
0: Within reason. You need girls? No Shiza, Germans. We said no girls, Germans. We don't want to have to clean up poo. Farfignugin.
5: anything within reason
0: <laughs> So, anything without re- within reason, that means none of your sick fucking shit. Any more questions? This is drugs. This is your brain on dr- German drugs. <laughs> Any questions? All right.
5: You've got some time to relax and settle in. Work starts tomorrow night. Michael, they are all good boys. Once the work begins, they fall.
0: Except for Kai, he kind of sucks, right? You're not not trying to sell that Kai's a good boy. Are you, buddy, here? Are you, buddy, buddy? Come on, buddy, buddy. What
5: you've done here is very impressive. Thank you for that, Michael. All
0: right. If
5: you need anything to make this go better, you let me know. I will, certainly.
0: I love how he calls him Michael, too. It reminds me of uh, that dude that calls Michael Myers Michael through all the Halloween movies. Michael, I know you don't want to kill these people, Michael. Yeah, exactly, Paul. Like, this shit is serious, dude. Like, Like, Kai, come on, man. I'm a joker too, but if I'm in this serious situation, this money kind of situation, this guy's fly me in from Germany, set me in, blindfolded me, brought me to some weird, strange warehouse where they have beer and video games and basketball courts, and I'm going to go over and pay attention during orientation. I'm not going to give them the stink eye. And th- that's when you know just some people are assholes for asshole's sake. Like, like Mike and Gus are good bosses. For these criminal situations they they hooked them up mike made sure that they have hardcore entertainment they can listen to mike's bullshit little speech here and watch the watch the what's the orientation video i mean mike should just play this welcome to working for madrigal this is mike you'll all get uh implanted little uh tracking systems but you know, don't worry about it. They're just for me. They, they, they feed just to my room, and I get my interest in it. So, I mean, sh- like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, his name's Mike, damn it. Not Michael. <laughs> no one calls him Michael. You're dead. You, you calling him Michael elicits way too much emotion, and I know Mike's going to kill you eventually, and he knows it, and you know it, and we all know it. This guy's dead. Oh, in the in the what else is dead is the audio right there. So we go off to Jimmy, looking at the kids that jumped him, heading towards these fucking douchebags, and wanting to talk to them and being like, "Listen, dudes, let's let's talk." I come in peace. I'm just just here to make a deal. What kind of deal? Yeah, have Gus play one of his Los Polos Armados orientation videos. Yeah, plus you're in a foreign country. Just don't don't be a don't be a turd. You know, come on. You you've got free bear. You can't wait two seconds for free bears. I'm a sandwich eater, and I sometimes really want to smoke a sandwich, but I mean eat a sandwich. But I can wait my ass if I have to go through a. There's been many times where. I've gotten free hotel stays on those stupid timeshares just because I have to say no at the timeshare. You know, they go, you you can stay here at the hotel. And all you need to do is say no 5,000 times. I'm so good at saying no. I don't give a fuck. But I can wait through the bullshit to get the free hotel stay. Sometimes you got to do it. Listen to the bullshit. Sit there, watch their stupid video about how it pays off to buy a timeshare. I can't fucking afford a timeshare. I'm here to get the free fucking hotel room in Vegas. Shut the fuck up. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, uh <laughs> don't be fooled again. Jimmy almost had me fooled. Yeah, me too. Me too here. I thought he was trying to make a deal or I, w- I don't wonder because I don't think at every possibility, ever at, there was ever a possibility he'd agree to a deal with these guys. He said, you should have taken the deal, meaning you should have taken the original deal. I don't think he ever would have worked with them. Maybe there was a small potential if they had immediately agreed that he might have worked with them after this fact. But it's uh, still very funny how this all goes down. So listen to a little bit of this. Look, fellas, we, we got off on the wrong foot. Okay, I'm sure you saw me out here. I hear what you're saying, Paul. It's just a beer. It's not about the beer. If he had said, "Excuse me, Mike, you're so generous to be giving us this beer. I wanna I want to get my beer and I'll be right over. you know or if he had been polite about it, but he gives him stink eye. It's not about the beer. It's about the okay, boss, like, okay, give me a fucking break. He's giving you free beer. If I'm at a party, I go to a party and someone's giving me free beer. I'll listen to them talk their bullshit. Take me around, give me the house tour. I don't give a fuck about the house tour. Is there anything worse? I don't care about your house tour. It's people Look at that. Oh, wow! It's the kitchen. This is where you catch. This is the bedroom. This is where you sweat. I get it. Yeah, you know, this is living room. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's the playroom. That's yeah, fun. That's interesting. You know, like. Where's the beer? You know, like, no, I go through the fucking motions. You go through the fucking motions, then you get the free beer. Yeah, sometimes nothing's free. If I want to get a free beer at a casino, I have to put my dollar bill or my $20 bill or my $100 bill in the casino, in the slot machine, and pretend to play it till I get my free beer, then I take the money out and go. It was stink-eyed, Paul gosh I love you guys gosh I love you Paul Gus I love you Iconic Thought DJ Better Bernie the Bird Joseph all of our good friends that Lily of the Fox Valley 1-2 Explosion I need some sandwiches Phil will turn tricks for beer for sandwiches <laughs> sandwich beer Okay, so they listen. Let's just listen to a lot of this because this was just really so You thought I was just some rube out looking to score a quick buck. What about the guy that looked back at Mike when he left? I did not catch that. I would have to do a rewatch on that. I am a total phony. Total.
2: Begging to be rolled, but
0: guys, I'm thinking long term.
2: I see a real need in this community for safe, affordable, untraceable phones, and I'm ready to fill it. Wow, wow, wow. All right. All right, straight talk. I need to be able to sell my phones without worrying about getting ripped off. I'm proposing if you let me sell my phones without hassle, I cut you in. Say a hundred bucks every night that I'm out. And that's money for Literally doing nothing.
0: Why
5: wouldn't we just take all of it? Because
0: <laughs> you're a gigantic douchebag and you just don't fucking get the game that's to play here. Your long-term income, what, you're going to just rob them every single time and not expect any repercussions? Are you just gigantic douches or big turds? It's kind of hard to tell in this voting system of what kind of loser fuck you are. And it's very accurate because these guys are very addictive Indictive, in (laughs) very accurate representations of some fucking stupid people that are out there in the world that have fucked with me that fucked with everybody everyone's dealt their interaction with these people they just don't rationally get the point of working with someone and it's all about fuck you i'm gonna fucking rob you i'm gonna fuck you over i'm gonna steal from you behind your back even though you give to me like there are people out there like these idiots i'm talking. Consistent, and I'm phony baloney.
4: Profits, you know?
2: Sure, you you gotta can. do the trick. Cut me off again. Take all that I've got, but then I stop selling, and you lose a valuable revenue stream.
0: <sighs> uh, oh, no! I don't get it. I mean, you're you're fucking morons. Work with me. Give. If you could just expand your thinking a little bit.
2: You talk too much.
0: Now, this is a question for the live chat and anyone listening to this point in the podcast. Do you guys think that Jimmy was actually giving them an opportunity here? Was the end game of this situation always them hanging like pinatas? Was there any chance that they had here to work with Jimmy? If they had said, sure, we're sorry we jumped you, dude. You know, we know you're on the level. Let's fucking work with you. That's a good That's a good thought. Let's fucking get paid. What? Do you think that was a possible outcome or was it all about getting to the point to get them alone to get them attacked or scare the shit out of them and get and get them to spread the word that Jimmy's not to be fucked with? I tend to think that Jimmy always knew it was going to end in that situation and there was never a chance to work with these guys. But I'm just curious what some of the people in the chat think. All right. Um, Lily the Fox, PJ Val- says, I was actually surprised none of these punks got hit with a bat at least. Lily says, I think that Jimmy had every intention of luring those kids no matter what. He had a score to settle, already spent the money on the Hitmen, plus, why have worn the the tracksuit? I like PCP, says Mike, who's popped up back on in. And no, 100 was too low. Technically, yes, he gave them a chance, but his, and I agree, Paul. The hundred was the giveaway, like how much he was offering them. Joseph, technically, yes, he gave them a chance, but his instincts knew it wouldn't go well. Hence the pinatas. That he had accepted that he would do the pinatas. No, he knew that they wouldn't compromise his Bernie. Mike says she looks like uh, the same same sister sister. Oh, uh, talking about Jack A right there. The end game was not to uh, worry about them. It was worrying about a uh, hundred dollars a night. I'm scaring the shit out of them. Yes, Lily. Oh, let's get to a little Rick Moranis here. So let's play a little bit more of this so I can eat some more sandwich.
2: We got a man of action.
0: And they pull out the knife and he runs and has them chase him. Let's turn this down so we don't get dinged on some music. And then eventually they just get uh, they get they get taken somewhere, it's trapped in the corner. And he says, "You idiots, morons! You should have taken the deal." And then we get a Negan moment where uh, where some, some madman comes in with a bat. And let's listen to this I didn't know to the I had end.
2: Friends, did you?
0: <laughs> so, what's it going to be, fast or slow? It's going to hurt. Easy Mac, holy shit, Easy Mac! Don't recognize your your name, but that means so much. I cannot say enough how much those super chat donations help to keep me being able to keep doing this. Thank you so much. I Walking Dead's coming back, and we're gonna make it through. We're gonna keep talking about that show till at the bitter end of that. And I'm gonna give you a spin of the wheel for being fucking awesome when we spin this wheel. Easy Mac. And you make me want to eat some Easy Mac. It's been a long time since I've had some Kraft cheese and macaroni. It's the cheesiest. So let me take one more bite of this sandwich when I play this scene.
2: A bitch, either way. Mm. 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 What was that? Was it mm.
5: slow? Mm. 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 Ah! <laughs> we're sorry, man, all right? We're sorry.
2: Yeah, you are. Very much so. Look,
5: we will leave you alone, okay? We, we won't mess with you
2: anymore. Easy to say now, but what about tomorrow?
3: I, I, I'll I swear, man. I'll swear on anything you want me to.
2: Cross your heart and hope to die?
3: Yes. Yes, ma'am.
5: You mean it. Yes. Yes! Look, after this, you'll never have to see us again.
2: <laughs> and you will spread the word that I'm off-limits?
5: Yes, yes, yes. We'll tell everyone, we'll say, took that you, that you don't mess with the cell phone guy. All right, we're done. We're done!
4: <laughs>
2: I think they get it. Seriously, guys, we're, we're done. Okay, we're good. All right, that's enough. I appreciate the enthusiasm, but... He got the message.
5: That's right. Listen to what he says. Listen to what he says. I
0: got the message. Right. Mike, you should have checked out the, the show earlier. We definitely got to that stripping point earlier. Uh,
2: if it's that important
0: to you. Sorry, the uh, the wheel ended on Silly Hat. All the Silly Hats are packed away in boxes for the move. So, uh, so I had to spin again. And it listened to everybody drink. So wh- whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're drinking, whether it's coffee, water, soda uh, beer vodka turpentine whatever you're drinking Drano whatever you're drinking wherever you are pick up the toast let's toast this to easy Mac and thank you easy Mac for helping the show grow help me keep doing what I'm doing so well uh, love you easy Mac thank you so much buddy Mm-mm-mm. maybe Mike I might do it again if the price the price is right If people keep if the easy Mac just threw that five dollars it makes me want to dance no, but no one wants to see that. Let me, let me, let me again. Let me do it. It was, uh, it was funny once. Will it be funny again. Let me, let me start stripping. Okay. So, <laughs> so anyways, they, uh, they. What? The, this is this is yet.
5: No, no, No! 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 Please! Please. No, no, no!
4: No! 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 Please!
0: Please! No! And <laughs> Jimmy, this is all about him getting that street respect that he wants, because ultimately, that's more important to him than Kim. That's more important to him, the money. That's more important to him, the power, respect, or respect that respect is respect on the street, being respected by criminals, ultimately becomes Jimmy's kryptonite. What is his true desire? Like, we all have our thing that feeds us the most. What's the most important thing to us? And I think Jimmy's acceptance in the criminal underworld is his. He wants that acceptance. He wants to be considered one of the boys in that crew. Part of that stuff, connected. And it's so important to him that he gets that street respect. And I think the game of it all is so – that's, to him, what he considers success. And I get that. You know, that's not necessarily me, but I have my own thing that I think about. And that I guess that's a different podcast, a different channel altogether when I get into my serious podcast stuff. when I, but, but we all have our own shit. We all, all have our own – thing that we have to do things for and i think with jimmy it's being bad he likes being a bad guy and he likes getting this kind of fear he gets into what's important right now here (sighs) (sighs) gotta have the street cred to gain the trust of the other criminals yes you can't have little shit stains like this fucking with you because that makes you the lowest form of life on the street And he's been out of it for a while, but now is a perfect opportunity over these 10 months to ingrain himself into this community again and set it up perfect for that Saul Goodman situation because they're all going to know him as a criminal lawyer. Criminal first, lawyer second. Without the respect, you can't money because everyone will rob you without fear of consequence. 100% Jay. You need to set that standard right at the beginning. It's what he kind of forgot. You need to show people right from go that they can't fuck with you if you're going to game. If you're going to game on the street and anything, whether it's drugs, whether it's fucking uh, gambling cards, whether it's whether – it's, and I'm not condoning that kind of activity – or whether it's uh, – cell phones or whatever you're doing you need to show him from the beginning that you can't be fucked with and he met he messed that up in the beginning because he got because he got addicted to the high of fu- fucking with people the game of it but that's what he's doing here he got smart he figured out what he did wrong and he corrected the problem get one warning and that was it <laughs> Okay, and that is the end of our episode. Sorry, everybody, my cat's being honorary. You okay? You okay? You okay, Betty? I know you got to give you your thyroid pill. <laughs> and that's the end of our episode of Better Call Saul. Leading to next week, looks like next week's gonna be a lot more of a lot more of the same fun. Can't wait. Hopefully, Joe will be back next week to join us. But Joe will be back this Wednesday for a What Did Joe Think? We're gonna be talking about a couple things. We'll be mentioning. Uh, mentioning the first episode first two episodes of Mayans the Sons of Anarchy sequel also be talking about uh, his thoughts on this episode of Better Call Saul and touching a little bit on some Game of Thrones stuff as well on Wednesday at some point on Wednesday and I will also be doing another live watch or live walk stream, one of those uh, walkie, walk my dog daily issues kind of things one day this week. And check out the Daily Drum Minute channel on YouTube. Search Daily Drum Minute for the Daily Drum stuff. Also, more shows coming up soon. Going to be coming back to our music podcast. I was talking to my cousin Alan uh, last night about our next band podcast that we're going to be doing since he won the trivia competition i'm going to have alan on the stream and i've been wanting to get al back on the stream for a while we're going to be doing a led zeppelin discussion at some point i'm also going to get Matt on for some soprano stuff relatively soon my cousin pete i want to get him back on too my cousin Craig and I are going to be doing a live show of our new band, Sarcasmo, at some point soon, live on the channel. So look out for that sometime in the next couple weeks. And what else do we got coming up in the next month? A uh, couple of other fun things. Uh, fuck, I was just I was just talking about my cousin Gotti. It's like all about my cousins here. You know, all my cousins. We're going to be doing some Star Trek stuff. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be fun. Yes, Joe and I will be talking Ozarks. I have two episodes left in the season, so I don't even want to look at the chat just in case there's any Ozarks spoilers, but uh, spoiler alert for my thoughts on it. I like season two better than season one, even though season one was amazing. I am very much feeling season two. I fucking love it. Charlotte's an idiot. Fuck Charlotte. (laughs) But uh, Mayans is meh. And spoiler alert to my thoughts about Mayans, too. Mayans is meh for me right now. After the first episode, I'm going to give it three or four episodes before I make my final decision if I'm going to, going to continue with it. But after the first episode or the first two episodes, was not feeling it as much. But, yes, Joe and I will be doing the Ozarks thing coming up soon. So, everybody, if you haven't already, you enjoyed this video... Yeah, season two, uh, I'm going to hold off the discussion for a uh, for a different time. Also got some movie discussions coming up soon. Big Kev got a Super Chat donation, a win for uh, a review. So I'm going to have to be doing, uh, poor me, I have to do a half-baked review at some point but coming up soon and uh yeah so a lot a lot of stuff coming up me myself and the walking david have been talking about doing our back to the future two and three review for a while so about time we do that get walking david on hopefully we'll get carmine on soon and a couple of other of our friends back on did i watch iron fist season two iron Fist season two is out i have not watched iron fist season two jay jay is it out has it been released oh no good night dj Everyone, if you're here for the Better Call Saul podcast, thank you so much. If you haven't already, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, share it with a friend. It's time for let me. Where is the uh, where's the end music? Phil, play the fucking end music, you fucking damn bastard. Do it. Please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Share the channel with a friend. I'll talk to you guys next time. Later. If you listen past this point, you accept that Better Call Saul will not be discussed. Right now, it's time for Uncle Phil's Ketchup Couch. <laughs> what the hell is Uncle Phil's Ketchup Couch? It's just the after show title of the after show because basically I get extra creepy, I get extra weird at the end of the show, but this has been a weird show anyway. So whatever. It's time to loosen the whip, loosen the dip, no more Better Call Saul discussion, just me babbling and releasing some some, uh, some. Some toxic energy. I don't know why I wanted to go to toxic. I just wanted to go to expressive. I feel like I want to talk. I feel like I want to babble a little bit more. Just a few more minutes until I finish this beer, because I don't want to drink alone. I might just randomly shut off the stream at one point because I am starting to get drunky. But if you're listening past this point on the stream and what we're in, we're at two hours and twenty-six minutes. If you've made it this far, you're probably okay with me being goofy. So let me pop on. Uh, season two, yes, it's on Netflix. It was shit. I don't know how you can get season, (laughs) worse than season one, but it was. Oh my goodness, Jay. I got a message from our, from Tim Gersh. I thought that maybe the trailer was released. I didn't realize the whole season was released. Do I have to stay up late and do like a live, drunk live watch of this and shit on this? We're going for two more hours. Let's stay on. Whips and chains and... I don't know. I don't even know what to say right now. I'm not incredibly articulate. My brain isn't incredibly active right now. I'm sort of in one of these weird, strange phases right now of the end of the summer where I'm sort of, I needed the two month of a a slowdown of podcasting as much. And I need to kind of a break in July and August with a lot of personal craziness going on that I don't want to get into. You don't want to hear. I don't want to talk about. But whatever. Let's just say that. Going through some weird things have me a little uh, weary and and I'm like tired. I'm like, oh, I want to sleep now. But I'm not wanting to sleep. I'm wanting to jump up and down and dance. But I am getting drunk. <laughs> That's why I relate so much at some points to Jimmy McGill, the, the road that Jimmy McGill goes on, the struggling with multiple sides of your own personality and multiple shades of stuff. But I am excited to get back to talking to you guys and get back to babbling and get back to randomly discussing television shows and a lot of other randomness. So it's going to be a fun year talking about television. We may not be able to be on quite as much as I want as Uh, My work situations have changed, so I'm looking for a new job, and I don't know how that's going to affect the show, but we'll see. I'll always find time to come out here and babble to you guys. Nashville, where you hung out, good call. Nashville is a really awesome spot, and I'm glad that you had a good time there, and my scouting that area out worked out good for you. I love adventure time. It is great adventure time. I want to do even more of those adventure time shits. Say We love Goofy Phil. It's like Goofy or drunk, slightly uh, internal Phil right now. So, oh, hi, hi, everybody. I'm still here and I'm still alive. <laughs> I would like more Gravity Falls. I watched the first four episodes of Iron Fist. and couldn't get into it. I think Finn Jones is... I don't think Finn Jones is right for the part. I couldn't agree more. I think more than the show in season one sucked, it was about Finn Jones just being not right for the part. Is Gravity Falls a cartoon? I haven't watched Gravity Falls, but you're the... S- I've heard about it. Mm-mm. I know. We can't have this. No, I've had a job before, but I ended up... Uh, it ended up the business I was working with closed. So uh, shit changed a little bit. I am still working as a part-time... Uh, I go and I go do a drum show type thing, but I'm looking for a other alternative employment situation. That's why, again, I've been busy the last couple of months trying to figure out that situation. I'd love to be able to do this podcast full time, and I appreciate all the help that people give me, but I'm not quite there yet, and I'm going keep, to keep, keep pushing, keep trying, keep trying to do what we do, and all the people that help us out, keep pushing, keep doing. I'm not going anywhere, and I'm going to keep doing as much as I possibly can. But I'm not quite there yet to pay every single bill I need to pay and and uh, keep track of all my situations. So, I am adding stuff. I also started doing a couple of uh, side stuff. I'm walking a little chihuahua. Yeah, I'm, I got a little chihuahua. I'm like, hey, little chihuahua, let me pick up your poop. It's a little pebble shit. It's great. But anyways, I don't want to talk about that shit. You guys don't want to hear about that shit. That's like, it's like, oh, boo, let's all feel bad. <laughs> If anyone works for a radio station or a podcast that needs a host, you know, I'll happily work. Anyways, making bacon pa- pancakes. Take that bacon out. Put it in the pancake. I love Adventure Time. Great show. Take live calls. I don't have a live phone line right now. If anyone wants to call in, let me know, and I could adjust the phone lines to be able to set it up for a live call, uh, possibly. Let me see if I, if I have that technology. Iron Fist was horrible. But it wouldn't have sucked as bad if Arrow had done it done it right. If if and I, I think Stephen Amell would have been a better choice for Iron Fist. It's too bad he was busy with Arrow. Phil, what do you think about doing any recaps of shows that have already ended? I absolutely love that idea. Um, I was gonna do that for the Sopranos at one point in time, but Matt not. But do the Matt scheduling it ended up being watching episodes live were better for us. But I'm definitely down to do. Recaps and discussions about shows that have already been over. If anyone has any requests of shows they want me to talk about, you can always email me at i got issues man at gmail dot com. Again, that's at i got issues man at gmail dot com. You can find the link to that, or you can find that email in the description box below. Let me know. You can also DM me on Twitter or um, or on Facebook if you search Phil's Recap and Review. And anything you want to see, definitely request that shit because. I, if I've watched it, I'll definitely do a live review if you want a pre-recorded thing, a short video, or a full-on live recap, or me watching it live and reacting to it. Whatever you want, you can be very specific, and I'm definitely down to do things if I have time. And obviously, some of our patron perks, like you request that shit, I have to do it on fucking command. So uh, so definitely uh, let me know if there's anything you guys want to do work in a dispensary it's funny i may have an interview as a advocate for some marijuana legislation kind of crap shit i've got a couple of uh logs in the old fire there i'm doing all right i'll figure it out uh i didn't mean to be like oh poor is me but i I will figure out the situation i just mean it's kind of tough when you're having to keep your schedule open to figure out when you're gonna do this sort of shit but once everything levels out and especially with moving, I'll figure out my I'll figure out a better schedule, but as of right now, the Mondays are the only guarantee stuff. I'm gonna try to slip in some more broadcasts here and there. Excuse me, Burpee. You want me to do a review of some new Japan pro wrestling? Are there tiers on my Patreon? Yes, there are. I must admit I'm very I the i am very open to negotiation with that stuff but yes there are tears the bottom tier gets a place on, it's not on the wall right now because I have it packed away, on the Issues Hall of Fame, then one gets, uh, I think it's shout outs, one gets requests, one gets to be on the show, which uh, the bloody talker was on the show, Timo's been on the show a couple of times. So we do have different tiers. I kind of want to redo the tier system at some point in time and redo what some of the rewards are. after have to re- rethink the process a little bit, but we do have that stuff and... We uh, we do offer some special uh, patron only content to any of our patrons because ultimately how I feel about that is is if you want to help us out that way help us out any way you can and I try to give you guys like a couple of extra videos or pictures of Joe's art that we do off the record on the uh, on the patron stream and. I'm all for doing more over there if people request it. Our patrons just be like, no, just keep doing what you're doing for the most part. But if people are really eager to do more stuff over there, I'm definitely down to do that as well. So, But enough of that shit. I feel like I'm happy Harry handout right here. Everybody, help me out. Weed stores are nice. They're all over here. I can't wait till dispensaries open closer to the New York border. Mass is being slow as hell rolling out the recreation. They really are. They should have been here this past summer. They're uh, really fucking slow. I can't wait. I've uh, avoided getting my medical license due to the fact of waiting for these recreational stores to open, and they never have. It's fucking waiting, waiting, like waiting, like uh, waiting for paint to dry here. Mm-mm-mm. Oh yeah. I'll sign a 10 year contract, 10 year contract to, to, uh, to podcast and entertain silliness for a reasonable fee. Phil, are you thinking about, uh, yes. Uh, oh, I just got a text message. Phil, are you going to do, uh, the Emmy Emmy Emmys? Am I going to do the Emmys? I would love to do the Emmys live, but for some reason they're doing it on a Monday night. I mentioned this last week too. So, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to do it because I'm not going to cancel a Better Call Saul live stream to do the Emmys. Mm-mm. Won't do it. I really hope Recreational Weed makes the ballot again in the near future. It was 216 and it almost passed. I just, for Massachusetts, for where I am, I just hope the stores actually roll out. There's, and casinos, too. Uh, we're finally getting casino gambling, too. And that's... I know that's very important to Joe. If you ever want to see Joe Dirty Locks, you'll just have to find him in the Everett, Massachusetts Casino. <laughs> Arizona. Okay. Oh, cool. I mean, I'm very excited about the recreational thing. It's very interesting. It's, it's my favorite aspect of it right now is, is being able to grow and being able to do that because that's a lot of fun. Bernie says, they're looking to get the medical, but it's expensive. Yeah, $200. Yeah, and I'm poor, pre-mentioned, that to, not really uh, working, relying on the, on the Patreon and Super Chat donations for, uh, for for help right now. But uh, I don't have uh, – that's a lot of money to spend just to get the license to still spend in the medical stores when recreational theoretically is coming any day and the stores are being rolled out. So I'm just ultimately waiting for the recreational thing. Uh, Foxwoods is a little bit more of a drive to get down, but they're opening one in Everett. I do go down to Foxwoods a couple times a year. I, I enjoy good Foxwoods time in the Mohegan sun. Come get high, roll some dice. Recreational has been wonderful in Oregon, says Easy Mac. We have casinos, had those for years. I'm excited about the recreational and the casino stuff. I've often had a dream about eating a sandwich at a casino table, and I don't think we're quite there yet it's that's a little bit too close to the sun but we're getting close. <laughs> I love where this discussion is going. Uh EasyMax says, Grand Pen here in Oregon for 40 bucks. Not bad. And that is I'm very excited for for that aspect of it. I still feel awkward in some situations with the legality of it because of the way I grew up and the fact that I got kicked out of High school because of it. Uh, my first junior year of high school, I got kicked out because of having a dime bag on me. I had a dime bag in my pocket and it's, it's a, not a funny, interesting story, but it is a story. So I had a dime bag in my inside pocket of a winter coat and I was sitting in a classroom and my vice principal came up to the classroom and somehow someone saw me with it and ratted me out or something. And I forget exactly. The, I never found the exact details of it. But somehow they knew I had the bag on me. And they called me out of the classroom and talked to me about skipping a class. And I got brought down to the vice principal's office and was getting suspended again that, that year. I was suspended a lot that year for multiple reasons. And they said, they said, uh, oh, you're suspended again for skipping this or skipping that or blah, blah, blah. blah. And I was getting ready to leave to head home or to head to my class because it was at the end of the day or something. Or it was maybe I got an in-school suspension. They said, there's one last thing. What about the coat? And I was like, the coat? What you talking about, the coat? What, f- what fucking coat you talking about? And, or I didn't say that. I was like, coat? What are you talking about? Look, like, we got to see inside that coat. Give us the coat because there's something in there. And we're like, whoa, what are you, like, what are you talking about? There's nothing in the coat. But in a, a complete side note, can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> so i went to go to the bathroom and my principal went in there with me and he sat at the urinal and watched me as i tried to pee and i, I said could you give me a privacy moment he's like nope i'm like well i really need a minute nope I can't pee with you watching very interesting you can't pee well i can't pee with you watching which side note i do get uh you do get a little stage fright and i can't deal with someone watching me pee it's a weird feeling i'm not really a urinal guy even in public places i go in the the uh the salt, even to pee just to get the privacy fuck that just because i'm a guy i need to pee like next to people like that fuck you i don't want to do that shit like hey uh, it's like the most awkward conversation situation sitting at a urinal hey what's going on buddy how are you buddy what's going on buddy buddy anyways so they got Brat back into the room and they grabbed the coat off me pulled the dime bag out threw it on the table and went what is that and i went Shit, fuckity, fuckity, shit, cock-sucking pitch, this piece of shit, motherfucker. Oh, shit, shitty, 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 fuck, fuck fuck, fuckity, fuck, 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 shit, shit, fuck. Oh, fuckity, fuck, fuck. And then I got expelled from school. <laughs> and I had a, v- so yeah, that's my silly story. So I have that sort of foundation. So the fact that we live in a world where uh, in my state, recreational is free, I can grow, all that is a very interesting feeling. Sorry about the uh story of my my silly uh high school experience. He's like, need a hand and went, yeah, he's like, need a hand peeing. His funny, his name was Sack. His last name was Sack. <laughs> and everyone would call him Ball Sack. And in the gra- at the graduation video, when I finally graduated, because I went back after uh, a year absence and went did my two years, like a prison sentence. I went back and did my did my two years and I was on the the, the video for the uh, for the graduation and I pulled out I had my diploma and I went up to the camera and I said he signed it ball sack signed it <laughs> and that was on the, the public access television station <laughs> for like a month every night <laughs> and I clearly said ball sack signed it so yeah <laughs> Funny things at the time. People that are tuning in right now, they go, wait a second. Well, this has nothing to do with Baron call song. I know I gave you pre-warning that I'm drunk and babbling about my past. There are different grades of pens. I got the $60 one that was all natural. Tasted great. uh, Great weed. It was my favorite flavor. Yeah, the high-end ones are really tasty. I have a pen, but uh, I don't use it as often as I should. I'm still on a lot of... uh, I I'm still a, bl- a sandwich blunt smoker. Mm-mm-mm. It's called tree bla- tree base. I highly recommend that. The uh sandwich plant I'm growing right now is Gorilla Glue number 2 and also my Dax Symbiat. But that is a very good flavor. I should do we should do a all uh all uh mar- marijuana weed uh Weed Discussion Podcast. I mean, I guess I do every 420 and we have a discussion. The last couple of years, I've done different topics. One was music. One was television shows and movies and stuff. Maybe this next year, we'll just talk about like weed culture in general and, and legalization and all the fun stuff. You can do with THC these days. Bernie, you have to keep that name in mind next time my bestie does a weed trip. I'm loving this kind of discussion right now, guys. This is very, very fun. And if you're watching this discussion later, please share your thoughts on all of this in the comment section below. I know some people have tuned out from Better Call Saul, but it doesn't even matter. Our podcasts here on this channel and are by my multiple personalities. No, our podcasts, all of our friends that we have here. Is are about the shows that we talk about, but they're also just about silliness and discussion. So it's good to be able to have this after-show silliness with you guys, where it's where I'm kind of trying. I'm at times here just like, uh, I don't want to talk about this. but I'm having fun. <laughs> this isn't the most organized discussion here, but I don't care. I'm having fun. I hope you guys are having fun as well. I have a little pen or whatever that is. I have carts. They're cheap. 14 to 40 here. I like the RSO go-karts for 25, half a gram. High Times even recommends it. Skywalker OG. Ooh, Skywalker OJ is really good. I actually got some of that not too long ago. <laughs> Weed is greater than better, cough Saul, says Mike. Hopefully the legalizing in New York, they're talking about it at least. I mean, I think the fact of a lot of states around them helping helps the cause a lot. I think if you polled most of the people in most of the things, I don't want to get all political here, but I think in most things that people disagree with, I think one unifying thing is most people in general don't think marijuana should be included in the same category as other drugs. Most people think that marijuana should be legal or at least decriminalized. And I know someone's gonna be like, I don't think that Phil. I'm not most people, and I don't care. I'm I, I I'm saying in general, most logic most people I've talked to generally are looser about marijuana. And I think that is bodes well for a lot of states that are on that level. And the fact that so many states are starting to pass that law, it's I think marijuana stuff is heading in a great direction compared to mandatory minimums not too long ago for 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 pot dealers which was fucked up shit and i'm not and i don't want to get down too big of that road that's not talking about television and not talking about stuff that that that's just babble fest about us but it's true and i'm glad that we're at least heading in the positive direction with uh with the decriminalization. I don't even care too much about legalization in stores and all that stuff. All that stuff's fun and good, but decriminalization is the most important part. The people aren't fucking going to fucking jail for mandatory minimum sentences for fucking being potheads or fucking weed dealers. Who gives a flying fuck burger about that shit? Mike says 99.9% of the time I smoke blunts, nice jackpot brands, three for 99 cents. I smoke rock and rolls, and chocolate fillies are my brands of sandwich paper. (laughs) It's not any worse than drinking. It's probably better because it's less, uh, less physically addictive. Anything can be mentally addictive, but for a substance that makes you feel goofy, it is the least physically addictive one in my perspective. Argue with me. Come at me. Come at me, bros. But, I mean, I think people that can handle alcohol is far more addictive, in my mind, than than that. But anything can be physically, mentally addictive. I'm addicted to uh, pizza. I'm a better citizen stone than drunk. Facts. Uh, facts. I was arrested in a situation for for marijuana. Or my cousin was arrested. I was too, but... This is in my cousin's situation. A judge said to him, get these fucking potheads out of my courtroom. What's the worst thing they're going to do? Beat their best friend up for the last slice of pizza? But most likely they're too lazy to do that. Bump bump. Case dismissed. Get the fuck out of here. So it is it is what it is. Is it perfect? No. But I think most people a unifying thing no matter what you believe in. No matter what your level is. Most people can agree that. Weed is a harmless. Is as harmless of a vice as there are. Is that is that a is that is it a good approximation? Especially eating weed. I'm a smoker. I'm like Mike said. When it comes down to it, I eat my sandwiches in blunt form most times. But really, eating it is probably the healthiest way you can ingest the substance. And if you're thinking about the best way for your body to, in, to enjoy THC, it's through eating. You aren't smoking. You aren't fucking with your lungs at all. Like, And I'm not stupid enough to know that bringing tobacco into the process through a blunt isn't a bad situation. So realistically, if I'm being completely reasonable, if I'm advising anyone who is of age to have fun with that substance, it's eating it. Get into that because you use more of it. It's more potent, and it's healthier for you. So, That's my little soapbox moment. Where is it? The more you know. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're gonna use CAC, make sure you eat it. I wish I ate it more often. (laughs) No, I'm kidding, but (laughs) make sure you do because it is the most... It is the healthiest way to ingest the substance. And it's the most potent way to ingest the substance as well. Mystery Science Theater 3000 is literally the best. I love it. Especially the Joel years. I'm as much as I like all of Mystery Science Theater. And I even like the remake with Patton Oswalt and stuff. I The Joel years are the highlight for me. Because I just love Joel Hutchinson. I think that's his name. I might be screwing up his last name. He's one of my favorite... St- Favorite underrated stand-up comedians. Sesame Street stoned. The Dave Chappelle sketch that's very funny with, about that. I watched Mr. Science Theater 3000, the, 3, the old-school Sesame Street stoned off my ass. It was a fabulous experience, says Lindsay. I had a cop give me weed he found on on me back and let me go. I've had situations like that happening or getting pulled over by cops when I had weed and I've had to like dump out the weed in front of them instead of them arresting me, being like, we just want to teach you a lesson. I am addicted to TV as well, Bernie. And I used to be addicted to Coke, a cola, like really addicted to Coca-Cola. Like I couldn't eat without drinking Coke too. But since, uh, since I had my surgery in 2015, I haven't had Coca-Cola. I've been, I used it as an opportunity to be off soda because before having the, uh, the, 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 the tumor removed, they uh, they suggested that I stop drinking soda for a while just because I drank so much of it. And it was bad for my kidneys. So to kind of give my kidneys a break, they, t- they suggested I stop drinking soda. Uh, so I kind of used it as an opportunity to to cut it because I was so addicted to Coca-Cola. Like ridiculously. I probably drank about two, two liters of Coke a day easily. in Usually in can form or glass bottle form, but still. Uh, I was so addicted to coke a cola Bernie sometimes I wonder if the rise of Sesame Street wanted to cater to stoners as well Joel Robinson thank you I I love mystery and science here the 3000 are they doing another reboot season I hope so and riff tracks is really funny as well damn Phil had a ton of run-ins with the cops over the weed me too too many to name dude too many to name do you go to Rift Tracks live? Show? I haven't been to a Rift Tracks live show, but I would. It's definitely something I would go. If I had more disposable income to be able to go to as many shows and live concerts that I wanted to, Rift Tracks would be an absolute, every time they came around, I'd go to see that. But unfortunately, I'm not quite in that position financially to be able to have those kind of luxuries. Is glass bottle cold for crack? No. It's only cold for Coca Cola has different levels of burn and what I love so much about drinking coke is the way it makes your throat burn when you drink it and the can or the glass bottle tastes better than the 20 liter ounce or the two liter bottle it is just something about the the taste of it that is a little bit better in the glass bottle or the can (laughs) for me or in my weird crazy way I drank it so I was mad addicted to soda Like crazy. I'm really talking about soda. I'm actually really talking about soda. I was, I would drink it before bed. I would have to have drink like two or three cans right before bed. I was crazy addicted. Joe Joe jokes about that. uh, Not jokes. It's like a bad joke that uh, drinking all that Coca Cola is what gave me cancer. But like I, I was I drank so fucking much soda. It was. It's not even funny. Like, I never drank water, and it would only be Coca-Cola or Coke Zero. P- pretty much only every meal. I didn't even really drink beer back then. Right now, the only thing I drink with carbonation is beer. And uh, I used to, like, seriously mainline it. Like, I wake up in the morning. First thing in the morning, I drink a Coke. Drink a Coke with every single meal. Uh, drink two right before bed just to go to sleep. I was so Fucking addicted to Coca Cola. It was wasn't even funny. It's the only thing I feel like I've ever been fully addicted to. Maybe blunts with my sandwich eating, because the tobacco's incest incestuous and incest, not incestuous insidious. The way it just kind of gets in there, and the fact that I'm like, oh, all I, I want to smoke is blunt. And if I'm stupid enough to not think that's being addicted to tobacco, I'm an idiot. But but yes, Coca-Cola is my worst addiction. Mike says, I drink a gallon of milk a day and like three to five monsters a day. Sweet Coca-Cola. Oh my gosh, your eyes are rolling back in your head. You live that shit. I do. I'm so excited. like Talking about it as much as maybe it's losing a half a kidney, but no, I haven't felt alive since my surgery because I haven't drinking a Coke. It's like one of those things that, I almost want to put it on the wheel as like the ultimate super chat donation. Drink a coke because if I drank it, I would dance the iris fucking jig. I would get up and it would be the ultimate dream. I keep one in the refrigerator just in case, and it's one of those things that I could probably drink, like a cake. I could dr- like the doc, doc. I mean, I can drink like one every once in a while, but I have such an addictive personality that. I don't do things because I know if I like something, I don't want to do anything else but the thing I like. I have the worst addictive kind of personality. And with Coca-Cola, it's if I drink one, I'm just going to be like, yeah, I like it. With chocolate, I won't eat chocolate for months and months at a time. Then if I eat one piece of chocolate, I mean one fucking m M&M, and I am getting gallons of chocolate ice cream i'm showing up at convenience stores i'm leaving podcasts at the end of podcasts if i'm not too drunk and driving to convenience stores to get fucking chocolate uh hostess cupcakes and shit like i go crazy for chocolate if i start eating it i have such an addictive personality that i stop myself from uh from doing certain things to my enjoyment case and coca-cola is one of those things Mike's addicted to chicks, I totally get that too i'm i'm uh I have a similar problem <laughs> so everybody, I guess I should start to wrap it up this shit we're approaching the three hour point point. and it's amazing to me at some point in time when I really think about it that i'm I've pretty much talked steady for three hours, considering how little I talk in normal life. <laughs> Because people in my normal life don't want to hear me talk like this. They're like, no, no, I don't want to fucking hear you talk. But I appreciate all you guys sitting and listening and also being in the live chat sharing in the discussion. I guess I should start to wrap up the discussion. Ooh, baby, the way the Coke burns my throat. Mm, it burns the best. It really does. The can burns me the best. It just gets down in my throat. and the Like when you eat some pizza or you eat some, eat some pasta, you eat that pasta and then you burn it down with the Coke and it's like... Oh, my goodness. You know, I joke about sexy stuff sometimes, and I'm always sort of just whatever about it because of how desensitized I am to it. I don't think I've ever showed as much joy and pleasure in my life as I did right now talking about Coke. So it makes me happy. It really does. It's my happy place. It's that I've never been addicted to anything but that. Why can't I be addicted to carrot juice or something? Oh no, Mike said the opposite. That chicks are addicted to him. Sorry, Mike. G- give me the coke. <laughs> Excuse me, if anyone ever meets me they're going to be like they're going to be like, "We'll give you coke, motherfucker." We'll give you coke right up your ass. I just wanted to thank all of you guys For being my support group for the night <laughs> Thank you Hannibal O'Neill, For sending in some awesome music You guys have been amazing tonight
4: you
3: bitch hope you wind up alone fuck you bitch hope you wind
0: up alone Woo-hoo. you fucking cunt oh whoa, whoa, whoa. hey uh, <laughs> so everybody thank you so much for tuning in thank you for holding together and uh sticking together till the end here just one sip, Phil. What will hurt if you don't drink Coke or Pepsi? Wins, then Coke goes out of business. It's all your fault. You're gonna be able to hit the bottom. It's your fault. It's my fault. That's the voice that goes inside every. I think <laughs> every day I don't drink a Coke is 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 a day that doesn't matter. No, that's really how I feel. That's really how I feel. Good night. Is this real t- This time, honestly, I don't want to go away, but I'm like I've been on for three hours. It's probably about time to probably go. <laughs> Right? I mean, sure not at this point. Do I want to? I still got a little beer left. I still got a little beer left. I'm not quite quite done with my beer. But I, but I guess, yes, this is a real time. I'm not on enough times the week right now because of uh, crazy life situations that it's difficult to get out everything I want to get in the one podcast a week. So I got to admit, there is some pent-up bullshit going on. So... So yeah, so, so so I'm having some some uh, needing to talk itis. so uh, so the podcast is going a little longer, but no, i'm gonna I'm gonna go out before I get too belligerently drunk. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> oh, lost so back the top. When the bruises player. I'm fairly better when I'm dropped For the ram Men's cover Spank your no head like don't mother What's the hurry to you get away You say I'll pick you When you Get hot, Words cover Mean to open or Organize each other Get alive There's a mess I see Don't want to live to what's me Know the lots of skulls consequences men for golf. All I do is vote prayer. Extra laughter, don't wanna care. All that's right, but it's not the truth. The and shoot is stop the muse. If I keep going right now, it's just gonna to be to do like karaoke songs. I wanna like sing that's life on karaoke. So- Your very existence bothers me. You make me feel like a punk. You took away something I love, the one One thing thing that makes me happy to help my hand You pissed off the wrong person. I just want to make you suffer for this. Yeah, Peabaggy's a bitch, a little bitch. Don't worry about it till the end. Close my mouth. I hold my heart. I'm standing the same with the legs spread apart. Care about the vine, It is your line that used to be mine. So I dragged it down the line.